It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 16th day of November, 2024, three, I'm in a hurry, aren't I? 16th day of November, 2023, this is the Horn, head-on.live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes, that's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, most of the time, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the great globe round, and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. If you're a podcast member of the Horn Family Community Congregation, well, please be so kind as to like each one, and uh, you know, just hit the little heart button, or whatever it is, on whatever platform, make sure you subscribe, maybe on a couple of different platforms, so that... When one of them screws up and doesn't take the feed, you'll still know there was a program. And um, if you are listening live, well, if you do pop into the aforementioned Mary Wacky Zany, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers, and that's Too Much Hutch and Irish Dave and Routes and Squeaky and Theo. Hey, gang. Glad to see you. Sorry about yesterday. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, I knew it would... I, that's why I said on Tuesday that I suspected it would work out that way, simply because I know what time... UPS runs around here, the new wheel arrived, and I immediately reinflated the tire, put the new wheel in the trunk, and hightailed it over to my local Wally World, where for a small fee, they uh, mounted the tire, which is perfectly good, on the new wheel, and sent me along my merry way, and it was so nice to get in the car and not see the accursed tire, uh, low tire inflation light come on. Yay! And that was the cause of there being uh, no program yesterday. So, while I hated not being here, it was a worthwhile endeavor. And you know, it's just another another day in the life of a uh, an humble, independent, liberal, progressive, working stiff radio hostess. Uh, there's no, Jeeves, uh, uh, send send the uh, send the car around to the local purveyor of tires and, and and see if we can get get the new new wheel mounted. Thank you, Irish Dave. Roll on, Robin. Appreciate it. Uh, 
so that was why I wasn't here. But I'm here today, and uh, I, I think I think we'll I think we'll be able to catch up okay. Catch up? Huh? It's all over the place. It's on the walls. Not mine. You know, the ones down at Magaloco. I'm sure. Um, now. Uh, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So thanks go out to our 15th and 16th day of the month subscribers via PayPal and folks who jump in a la carte uh, when I'm off the air. And that means thank you uh, to Reinhardt on the Virginia coast. Hey, Reinhardt, thank you so much for being a subscriber for so long. Thank you to our, uh, our buddy Zed in Iowa. And thank you to Mark, so very much. Thank you to Robert, as well. Um, if you would like to be a subscriber, we could sure use a whole bunch more, either at PayPal or Patreon. Uh, access to both is at headon.live. Uh, where we stand right now, uh, in terms of funding... Oh, what a dashing photograph, Brother Deacon Asa, of Herb Cain, him very self. Uh, we are uh, we are at $1,330 in terms of fundraising. That's today, Thursday, Tuesday, Monday, Friday, and $130 of Thursday. Power bills due. Internet's due. Phones are due, and uh, well, all help is good help. Uh, Ralph's, meanwhile, says the Tiny Kittens Society, Rescue Kitten TV, I'm offering a $25 challenge for Tiny Kittens Shaw being adopted tomorrow. I sent the link. Yes, I saw it. It's charming. Thank you, Ralph's. Uh, good, good on you, Shaw, finding your, uh, finding your forever home. That's just sweet. Gives me a good feeling. And we need those, don't we? Uh, yes, Emilio. Is this live or is this Bob again or is it fake psych suckers Bob? I've been tricked so many times I don't know what's real anymore. Throwing ketchup on the wall, it don't bother me at all. We miss you, Scott. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. I was reading an article uh, the other day. Uh, uh, maybe it was the, uh, maybe, I'm not sure if it was the Atlantic or Vanity Fair. But for the great heavenly days, 60th anniversary of the murder, the assassination of John Kennedy, uh, whichever publication it is, is putting together a panel discussion. And two of the featured participants are going to be Rob Reiner and Alec Baldwin. talking about their experiences. Um, Rob Reiner was 16 years old when the assassination took place. I think Alec Baldwin was five. And they've got some... Uh, the the, uh, the panel is going to have no small number of experts. And I, and I did uh, when I saw... And I think Rob Reiner said he's going to name names of some potential participants in the assassination that have not heretofore been named. 
So, uh, Rob, stay off small aircraft. I thought I, uh, I thought I saved the story, but I guess I didn't. Oh, well, never mind. Um, but anyway, in terms of looking for a place to start this evening, um, Wow, Theo says, I was 11 when Jack Kennedy was murdered. I was so traumatized I wrote the date as November 22, 1963 for months, unless I forced myself not to. And part of the article uh, discussed the fact that um, it, it, really, it really was a break point in terms of our national trauma. And... It, it, the fact that we lost, well, a lot of people said, you know, America lost its innocence that day. I don't know if America ever had any innocence to lose. You know, when you take in when you take into account things like the genocide of the indigenous people in this country, or oh, the enslavement of millions of individuals. How much innocence is left after that? But I guess it's neither here nor there um, just a little, as, as we uh, prepare to get into the heart of the program um, I, I wanted to, I thought I'd tell you a little bit more because uh, I had a note from uh, some friends um, uh, that would be uh, Peter and Libby. Uh, no, actually, uh, and and they they actually uh, they offered some input on the whys and wherefores of the cracked wheel, uh, and mentioned the incident from um, late this past spring or early summer, whatever it was. Uh, when. Uh, the car went in the ditch when uh, my son and daughter-in-law had it. I considered that hypothesis, y'all, but it seemed unlikely because I would have expected to see something much, much sooner, not November, for something that happened in May or June. And it was not and it, it wasn't on the it wasn't on the front it was on the back and yeah anyway I don't think that was it I think I'm entirely to blame maybe because when I go down to the settlements for provisions I it's usually either the Wiggling Pig Wally World or Kroger and the parking lot to get into Kroger well. It's part of a shopping center complex uh, whose property management company uh, went belly up and bankrupt a long time ago. And there are there are potholes in that in in that 
road, that access road, that basically render it a slalom course. And if you've got someone coming at you at the other uh, from the other end, you can be forced into one of those potholes. The uh, and there are a couple that could swallow an entire Volkswagen Beetle. It was so bad that uh, at one point I may have mentioned this. Some enterprising uh, local citizen took it upon themselves to try to ameliorate it to some degree and bought a couple of bags of quickcrete and just, I mean, whole bag, didn't even open the bag, just dropped the whole bags of quickcrete in there to create a sort of, sort of bridge across it. So that makes, that makes more sense than anything else, except, except for one thing. And I hesitate to even mention this because it sounds like I'm all paranoid. Uh, I got to look at the wheel yesterday, and the crack was right at the rim. Uh, I took a photo, and then I, I came home and started looking at it, showed it to Annette. She zoomed it, zoomed in on it, and said, "Look at that." I said, "What?" She said, "You see that streak that continues down from the crack down the outside of the wheel." She was right. It did. It didn't break the physical integrity of the wheel, except at the rim. But it was. A, it was. It was a sure on stripe. So, seems. I don't. I don't know what the physics of it was, but wouldn't be the wouldn't be the first time I've had a car screwed with for a variety of reasons. So, who knows? But it's fixed. And that's the most glorious part of it. Um, and it drives great, and I'm just happy. Um, yeah, Reverbo with an ob- observation when I mentioned uh, JFK assassination. On a related psychological note, the Beatles came along just at the right time, didn't they? At least took our minds off the tragedy until the next one. Yeah. True. Absolutely true. And years and years later, uh, I was actually in New York City for an appearance on MSNBC on the uh, anniversary of, uh, it was the 50th anniversary of the Beatles' appearance on the Ed Sullivan show, and I took a picture, a selfie of myself with the marquee in the back, uh, in, in the background. It was cool. Ah, it was Vanity Fair. Thank you, Ralph, serving as the uh, Who Killed JFK uh, commemoration panel discussion research department. It was Vanity Fair. The article, Who Killed JFK, Alec Baldwin and Rob Reiner have been asking that question for decades. Uh, is an interesting read. Again, you can find it at uh, VanityFair.com. So, at any rate, with Ralph's challenge on the table, we could get down below the $1,300 mark. It would be great if we could finish off fundraising for last Thursday, maybe maybe even, dare I dream it, last Thursday and Friday, so that we're not a full week behind going into Friday on the front porch tomorrow. So, awesomeness. Thank you, Ralphs. 
Um, okay, so I mentioned. Well, the bottom line is to live in a place like I live. You have to have transportation because there is no public transportation. And just obliquely, because this is Thorn in the Side Thursday, and there are, and we we pick out little things that are just freaking bizarre. And uh, in this instance. I learned I learned a new thing today. I learned about something called the 15-minute city. Have you heard of the 15-minute city? It's actually not a terrible idea. It's the idea that city planning going forward best serves the populace if you can have mixed-use management where there are homes... And various shops, restaurants, doctors, dentists, pharmacies, all within 15 minutes of home. Yeah, your local pub, even. So that people can just get out and walk around and live their lives and whatnot. And apparently, the 15-minute city is sufficiently intelligent that it is, it's, 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 it's approaching in some circles of the weirdos and the right-wingers and the mouth-breathing, knuckle-walking, etc., that this is another attack on our freedom. City planning is now an attack on freedom. Because, I guess, what? Right-wingers, maggots, whatever, like living far, far away from every basic necessity? I mean, I can... I, I live that life. It's not awesome. I joke about having to go down uh, down into the settlements for provisions, but it's pretty close to real. They moved our uh, Rite Aid slash Walgreens out here uh, about a year ago. I think it was a year ago. So there's nowhere to go in this community for our older our, our older uh, elderly community except to find someone if they don't have their own transportation to get them 
15 miles across the river and 15 minutes back to fill their scripts. And it's, it, it, it's, it's expensive. Gas ain't cheap. It's a lot more expensive in other places, but it's not cheap here in one of the poorest states in the Union. I found I found this particular comment actually. Uh, my friend Allie put it up. Um, the world is in dire straits, and we need people that will defend themselves, not people that will become slaves to your fifteen-minute city. Do, do do these people have anything to do? I mean, what is the level of paranoid that one has to be? I mean, it, you, you see them, I, because I, I, I go there, it's not good for me, but it's part of the job. And I see conniptions over traffic circles. They're actually a better way to ha- keep traffic flowing than four-way stops. With people waving at each other this way, they just go around in a circle and you keep going on whatever road you need. But the number of the number of people who huh, uh, will will sit at a traffic I mean I've, I've witnessed this myself. They've got a traffic circle up in Fairmont, West Virginia. Um, it was in the last year or so that I went through it and I'm familiar with them, so I'm not baffled. But people pulling up and stopping and looking around, it's like, oh, there's going to be a wreck. So it just never ceases to amaze me. And, of course, the paranoia is from the top down. And so as a consequence, you've got, among other things... Index card gate? Have you seen this one? Uh, Julius Geezer is now claiming that President Biden is incompetent because of a press conference and I think he was in in particular he was talking about the press conference with uh, Xi Jinping and frankly that looks to have been an actually substantive meeting there were promises made the meeting was hours long and they talked about things like fentanyl And uh, extracted some promises to, from to to, to uh, uh, from China, China to crack down on illicit fentanyl production. It was interesting that that topic came up because being inclined toward history and understanding that history doesn't repeat itself, but it does sometimes rhyme. 
if you listen, if you listen to the maggots, especially the maggots in Congress or on uh, on 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 cable, they're constantly barking and grunting and hooting about fentanyl from China crossing the southern border. When the vast majority of the fentanyl is not crossing any southern border, it's coming in through our ports in great big container ships. But you know that, and I know that. The maggots either are willfully ignorant or know it themselves and just willing to lie. You know, pick whichever one you think is most likely. But how, how curious is it that here in the midst of the third decade of the 21st century, we're kind of having the opium wars in reverse? Show of hands, how many of us realize that the British got hold of Hong Kong and eventually uh, Kowloon and the British Crown and, and, and set up the British Crown Colony of Hong Kong as a direct and proximate result of the aftermath of the Opium Wars? There were two of them. And at that point in time in the mid-19th century, China was actually trying to curtail the production of opium because opium was a, well, it was a scourge to Chinese society. Uh, The term opium den comes from that era. But the British wanted the opium. That was a big dollar. And so the, uh, the, the, the United Kingdom went to war in China to keep the opium flowing. I was re-watching Dune, you know, the original David Lynch one, the other night. And the spice, you know, when the, when the, spacing, uh, when the uh, uh, spacing guild says the spice must flow, Well, it's it's hard to think that Frank Herbert wasn't thinking about the, the opium wars because one you know the spice melange. Well, opium has a smell; it's a perfumey smell because it comes from a flower, the opium poppy, and so everything old is new again. And instead of the West going to war with China to keep the opium coming out, now we're in a position where we're imploring them to stop sending it to us. And those with a taste for history, um, perhaps in Asia, could be forgiven for saying, well, make your mind up. We wanted to stop it in the, in the mid-19th century, but no, you, no, uh, Her Majesty wanted that opium. And now we're begging them to stop. Opium Wars 2.0. Well, let's hope it doesn't get to the war stage, shall we? Uh, Flavio says, La Crosse, Wisconsin meets the criterion of a 15-minute city. Well, that just must be lovely. 
Uh, Steve tells us the 15-minute city is a big thing in the U.K. It's essentially the idea that in a city, any person would be a 15-minute walk from everything such as stores, doctors, schools, etc. The nutball QAnoners have begun to say it's nothing but a ruse to put us all in ghettos. Oh, I know. I remember when... And it's, it's all part of a piece. I remember when Don Blankenship, you know, the guy who's avarice and gross negligence and intentional conduct led to 29 miners being incinerated at the Upper Big Branch disaster. And he wound up being busted on a misdemeanor rap for ripping off the shareholders, but they gave him a walk on incinerating the miners. Federal law, y'all. He would say, uh, yeah, they, they, they want to they, they cut out coal because they want us all uh, freezing to death in the dark. He really said that. Living like Chinaman. And and I think it's it's kissing cousin to the Joe Biden's trying to take our way our gas stoves. As well as they done took on our incandescent light bulbs. They're going to be coming across the dry parts of the Rio, Rio Grande with with them blue helmeted uh, UN troops and take away our golf courses. Richard Hofstadter nailed it. 1964-2, the paranoid style in American politics. We're still there. I don't know if it'll ever go away. David in South Carolina stand says, uh, four-way stop. So they prefer four-way stop dilemmas as described by John Prine? Yeah, because, well, well, David, that's freedom, don't you know? I, I I shudder to think of four Trump uh, four four Trump supporters reaching a four way stop at the same time. Probably be gunplay. Uh, Matt in San Francisco points out traffic circles. I love roundabouts. Traffic circles must be a hillbilly thing. Well. It, <laughs> Now you got now you got me hearing uh, yeses roundabout playing in my head. I love oh that guitar in roundabout. And as to opium, Matt says, I wonder if the policymakers have ever asked themselves, why are so many Americans in pain? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm so old. I was actually working in or around workers' compensation as the the opioid crisis began here. And at one point in time, people who had injuries that left them in constant pain were told it's okay to take these. And then they changed track, and people who were by then addicted to hydrocodone or whatever couldn't get it anymore. And the next thing you know, huh, how about that? There's a ready supply of heroin on the market and then they started stepping on the heroin with the fentanyl and dumping enough hydrocodone in one small pharmacy in one small town in West Virginia to provide enough to get uh, enough hydrocodone to get every single person in this state uh, 
wasted and addicted. And so now it's practically impossible to get a prescription for any kind of opioid. And it's not just West Virginia that that's way that's that way. It's well, I mean, that just ha- happens to be what I have the greatest experience with. Lost friends, colleagues, to opioid addiction. That's hard, hard. And again, you got the right wingers out there saying, "No, we can't have no harm reduction. We want them to be harmed. We want them to be dead." There's needles in the parking lot. Well, that's because there's no needle exchange, Cletus. <sighs> uh, doing much, says Stephen, New York. <laughs> Keep the opium flowing. Yeah. Emilio, stop telling us which Dune production version to watch, Robin. neo stingo shell. Oh, that's a... It's a very weird. That's a very weary llama and a very muted cowbell, Amelia. Uh, Randy Radar says, according to talk show host Carell in Las Vegas, there are about 10 million U.S. visa holders who have overstayed their visas. Why aren't we cracking down on them? Mm, probably because they're. Uh, I don't know. White. But anyway, at the press conference, Nitwit Nero, uh, or of the press conference, President Biden and Xi Jinping had a, had a press conference and uh, wrapping up the APEC. And so this caused Julius Geezer to go galumphing off to wherever he, uh, wherever his, cell, uh, his cellular device is and start thumbing madly away on tripe social. Which, by the way, is hemorrhaging money to a fairly well and may not be with us for that much longer. And said, uh, Biden calls on a specific reporter, gets a question, then reads the answer off a card. In other words, he knows the question, then reads the answer. What's going on here? Now, bear in mind there was no actual evidence of that. He's just making shit up because, as Todd has asserted on numerous occasions, he's not going to make it. And I'm sure Nitwit Nero was never advised in advance of uh, who was going to ask what. But again, if there was video of Joe Biden riding a bicycle, see, he's too incompetent to drive a car. (sighs) Yeah. But maybe, and I realize I'm being a little wacky here, maybe in a situation in which the stakes are as high as they are with Jaina, maybe one might want to measure every word spoken. Because we're not talking about translating from English into French or English into Spanish. You know, those are all Latin, English, French, and Spanish are all Latinate derived. 
to more or lesser degrees. Not so with Mandarin. The structure, the syntax, the grammar are all wildly different from anything that English has going on. Verb tenses. Um, it reminds, uh, it, there, there was a story, um, I can't remember where it came from, it was eons ago. It was actually when the doors of China were opening to Western commerce. And the Coca-Cola Corporation, you remember, yes, uh, Colonel Bat Guano, that really is your name. All right, I'll I'll shoot this Coke machine and get you the money. But if you're not who you say you are, you're going to have to answer to the Coca-Cola Corporation. Well, Coke wanted to get into into China because who wouldn't want a market of that size for your product? And at the time, the primary advertising slogan for the Coca-Cola Corporation was Coke adds life. I'm sure many of us remember that slogan. And the Coca-Cola Corporation was not particularly meticulous in translating its marketing message into Mandarin or Cantonese or any of the dialects. And so as soon as Coca-Cola got onto the shelves in Beijing, other cities, it flew off because the, the you know the the slogan and the, 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 the you know the swoop the art deco and the coke coca cola um, in in script was but also rendered into Chinese. Coke adds life. The problem is if if, if this story is in fact true, and I don't doubt it, because it just seems so corporate America. The problem was that. Well, it was in the translation, because what is simply Coke adds life in English turned into Coke brings your dead ancestors back to life in Mandarin. Which apparently was enough to make it fly off the shelves. So maybe, just maybe, understanding that in a competent presidential administration... They made sure, and I I watched some clips of the press conference. President Biden's remarks were measured. He spoke slowly and clearly. Which I think was the right approach. I think he was particularly cognizant of his uh, speech impediment, his stutter. And so he didn't want to start any international incidents. This was about being sane. One of the things that did come out of this was a, a, a renewal of the, uh, of the communications that had broken down in the recent past between our two militaries to try to stop stupid things from happening that could lead to horrendous, uh, bloody uh, confrontations. And what I said about, you know, the fentanyl 
agreement such as it is? You know, Xi Jinping is 70 or more. Remember how Nitwit Nero was jealous of him? He gets to be president for life. Why can't I do that? And nobody's he's too old. But nonetheless, the the uh, the, 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 the the creatures inside Nitwit Nero's brain began to shriek. That's it's unfair. He gets to read from he gets to read from index cards. There were no index cards. I've heard the spirochetes singing each to each. But speaking of he's too old, one of the things that we probably need to take into account for this thorn in the side Thursday, because this is a big one, this is a nice little wander through a, uh, an acre or so of multiflora roses with no brushbuster trousers on, those damn multiflora roses can shred through a pair of Levi's in a minute. Oh, back to the roundabout for a minute. They're called rotaries in Massachusetts, and they're okay for moderate traffic flow, but no substitute for interchanges in heavy traffic. So says Randy Radar. Yeah, I'm not talking about roundabouts or rotaries or whatever versus interchanges. I'm talking about as a remedy to four-way stops which are can be just a mess. Uh, roundabouts, Steve in New York, it's the things I get us started on. Uh, they're great unless New York City fucks up their concept by putting stoplights on them. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, doesn't that defeat the purpose, Steve? So, no, another thorn... Ah, my, for at least a little while longer, senior senator, Joe to the mansion born, he's not being quite as coy as he has previously been. Now, He's out there teasing America. Oh, how gross. I mean, just really, that's an, oh, get me to a nunnery. Go. Now, uh, Joe to the Mansion Born is teasing America with the possibility of his own presidential run. Speaking to uh, Kristen Welker at NBC... Joe said, coal broker Joe, y'all. I will do anything I can to help my country. And you're saying, does that mean you would consider it running for president? Absolutely. Every American should consider it if they're in a position to help save the country. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure to mobilize that moderate, sensible, common sense middle. Because he couldn't just tell the truth. Uh, my family's been helping to elect Republicans for generations now, and 
well, if I could fuck over Joe Biden and make sure that Donald Trump comes back, well, that would just be music to my ears and money in my pocket. And so that common sense middle that he keeps talking about is a common sense middle that he does not himself occupy. Because he is a right-wing senator. It was at Joe to the Mansion Bourne's own insistence that the Build Back Better Act went from a $4 trillion program to a $1.75 trillion program. And then after the administration played ball with him on it, ultimately, well, thanks to Joe Manchin, Build Back Better became Build Back Not at All. A, for all intents and purposes, just killed it. And the fact of the matter is, Joe Biden is no wild-eyed, international, whistling lefty. He has been a far better progressive president than I ever would have dared dream. But I, I guess, I, I guess he's one step to the left of Leon Trotsky, as far as Joe Manchin is concerned, assuming for a moment that Joe Manchin has any idea in the world who Leon Trotsky was. Yeah, exactly, Matt. Matt in San Francisco says, Thank God there's Joe to answer that relentless call for a leader from people who are in the middle of the road, which by definition are people who really couldn't care one way or the other. Your senior senator ain't so smart. No, he ain't, Matt. Uh, nobody, I, I don't, I don't think ever anybody is in, uh, anybody's ever gonna, you know, I don't think the postman's ever gonna bring uh, a, a, a an invitation to join Mensa to Joe Manchin's yacht. The coy part of it is whether he would run as a Democrat or an Independent. And I don't think I don't. Does anybody think he would run in a Democratic primary again? No. No, that's uh, that's that's Dean Phillips's shtick. And so he's covering his uh, his his lies. Joe is. I'm totally, absolutely scared to death that. Donald Trump would become president again. I think we'll lose democracy as we know it. And so most of the current talk is him uh, getting together and forming a ticket with Bishop Willard Romney. There was a story out a few days ago that said at one point in time, Bishop Willard, to save America and be the white horse, <laughs> uh, was even willing to run a presidential campaign with, no kidding, Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating future king of America. But Rafaelito has his own fight right now. Uh, getting out, uh, as we as we discussed, getting um, out fundraised significantly. 
by the presumptive Democratic primary or the Democratic nominee, assuming he gets through the primary. What might happen, though, is if Joe Manchin runs an independent candidacy, and see, this is where no labels being funded by Trump money comes into it. In an article in the New Republic, they discussed the fact that a significant candidacy could pull enough votes away that the election would be thrown into the House of Representatives per the Constitution. Remember, in in that instance, it's not apportioned the way that representation is on a state-to-state basis. It's each state gets one vote. That is a disastrous thing to ponder. At one point in time, it was actually a theory that was being bandied about, and I think all the way up until he lost as badly as he did, being bandied about by the Trump gang in 2020. Because if the election were to be thrown into the House in, say, 24, well, there are a a majority of maggot states over decent states. And with each state getting only one vote in the House, that would almost guarantee the election of, wait for it, yeah, Donald Trump. Terrified yet? I am. And while he is not the brightest knife in the toaster... You have to think that Joe understands that. How could he possibly not? And all that palaver about the sensible middle? Yeah, no. This is this is just a backhanded way of trying to screw a Democrat again and add Joe Biden's name to the list that includes um, you know, whoever was running against Arch Moore in 1968 and, well, Charlotte Pritt in 1996. Uh, Flavio says, Mittens... Romney has begged off joining any third-party challenge. Well, that just clears the way for Joe to pick his own vice presidential running mate. A little less than a year now between the president now uh, between now and the presidential election. Whew. It's going to be a ride. Strap in. 
Like Dr. Thompson said, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. And the hogs are in the tunnel, and they will travel on a road of bones. They've had more hearings because Congress, well, they they decided to bust loose and quit for a while. Uh, Mullah Mike turned them loose yesterday. They were supposed to work today and tomorrow. No. But the feedum carcass decided to throw a hissy. And so, after the failure of a uh, procedural vote yesterday morning, it was called a rule vote, it usually, it, according to tradition, it passes along party lines, but not this time. The feedum carcass got together and gummed up the works and shot down the rule vote because they were mad at Mullah Mike for, wait for it, they were mad that the government wasn't shut down. So they're gone, but before they left, and, and by the way, they are gone until after Thanksgiving. So they got the, the CR passed, and it took all the Democrats to do it. And this is exactly the same thing that cost Craven McCarthy his job and has him throwing elbows in congressional halls now, apparently. So, my first thought when I saw this had happened was that Mullah Mike turned them loose before one of them could offer up a privileged motion to vacate the speaker. To McCarthy him, as one might say. But like I said, before, before they left... Even considering the stupidity that we dealt with on Tuesday, well, it turned into a Ginsu commercial. But wait, there's more. Oh, God. Uh, Chip Roy of Gonorrhea Gulch, Texas, threw a fit on Wednesday. This is, and, and, and he's mad, by the way, Chip Roy, he's one of them feed-um carcassers. And he's mad that the government wasn't shut down, because he wanted spending cuts. He wanted some people to be hurt, damn it, he wanted to hurt some people. It's no fun being a Republican member of Congress if you can't hurt people. So, 
Chip Roy. No, he didn't go off on the communists or the Democrats. No, in this case, he went off on his on members of his own party. Thank the speaker. Uh, thank my friend from Wisconsin for making those really important points. I think the uh, commentary by one of the uh, Republican candidates for president, former governor of South Carolina, uh, I think it was a mistake. Um, as uh, another candidate, uh, the governor of Florida pointed out, uh, anonymous uh, individuals were key to the founding of the United States. The authors of the Federalist Papers, many of our key founding members, wrote anonymously to put out ideas into the public domain and have the government think that they should step in and to censor free speech because they think it might be something that is uh, expedient to achieve other aims, aims which I share about trying to ensure that we don't have vitriol being shared in the uh, domain and social media and making sure that we do not pollute the minds of our young. Uh, we can achieve focusing on... With what, chap? Protecting our young and protecting the world against the scourge of these electronic Scourge. devices and social media without trampling the very free speech that helped found this country. It's a mistake to do that. It's a mistake to empower government over the minds of man, as founder Thomas Jefferson pointed out in saying that he would swear eternal hostility over the mind of men. The fact of the matter is the republic is in trouble. This country is in trouble. Where's the fife and, and drum corps? excuses is over. No more excuses. No more excuses from my colleagues on the other side of the aisle. But most importantly of all, no more excuses from my colleagues on this side of the aisle. We have had a tumultuous year of sorts. But in the eyes of the American people, they've been watching from afar, wondering when this body, the People's House, will stand up in defense of the people who send us here. Uh, not really, Chip, if I can call you that. Chip. No, that, that most of America has not been doing that. Most of America has been wandering around, uh, wondering, watching in horror, trying to figure out exactly when it was going to be that, well, maybe you or uh, some other maggot uh, decides to take your clothes off and start picking and eating your own boogers. Because that's pretty much the Republican caucus, conference, whatever they call themselves. When are we going to do what we said we would do? When are we going to stand athwart and stop the reckless spending that is bankrupting a country that can no longer issue debt without having Moody's downgrade our rating? That's not Mo my Moody's downgraded. That is a borderline failure just last week because the people around the world no longer believe in American debt. Because we are now spending so much money and we have so much debt. We have more debt than we've ever had in the history of mankind. We have more debt than we had at the end of World War II after we exercised wars in two theaters to free this world of tyranny. And if we have to exercise our defense against foreign enemies today, and we have to ratchet up more spending to defend not just our country, but to defend the very freedoms under which we operate, we don't have the resources to do it. We don't have the supply chains to do it. Because we're sitting around here, twiddling, talking about setting up offices of equity. That's what we're doing. And my colleagues on this side of the aisle utterly refuse to actually do what they say they do when they're going to go campaign against critical race theory and diversity, equity, inclusion, and campaign against Mayorkas, and campaign against open borders, 
And what do they do? They come into this chamber and they vote down amendment after amendment after amendment to cut spending and to stop funding the very bureaucrats that are undermining the freedom of this country. We have an administration that is at war with the people of the United States. Nothing. My dearest Chlamydia Jean, we are fighting our best fight here in the swamp, but we are surrounded by swamp things. And they want to do things like make sure that the government don't go out of business. Chlamydia Jean, play, pray for me, darling. For it is hard work here. You know, before I even run for office, we talked about how cool it would be for me to be able to go to, uh, go to Washington, D.C. and hurt a lot of people. Especially hurt a lot of people that wasn't white like us. And wealthy. Chlamydia Jean, it ain't going so good. Nothing less. The current administration is undermining the prosperity of the American people and they're doing it on a daily basis. The current administration, the Biden administration, is undermining our ability to defend ourselves under the Second Amendment. Undermining our... What? I, I, thought, I thought the military was what we had to defend us with. But no, according to Chip Roy of Dribbling Dick, Texas, he's, uh, we're, we're going to, he's going to, it, it's people, it's people running around with AR-15s uh, to the Walmart that's going to stop the blue-helmeted UN invaders. Oh, God. And, and he went on for a right smart while with this. My beloved Chlamydia Jean, they're undermining our Second Amendment rights. They're trying to, they're actually trying to make sure that there's unwhite people who have important jobs in government. That ain't the America we want to live in, my darling Chlamydia Jean. I'm including some mustache and beard hairs as I fold this here letter, my beloved, on the off chance that I don't make it back from the Battle of the Swamp. I am forever yours, Chlamydia Jean, and I hope that if that time comes for me, your beloved viral name will be the last thing on my lips. Oh, Jesus. So, he nuttered on for about an hour. Uh, let me see if I can get to the relevant, real, sure enough part of it. Because this was a 54-minute hissy. Let's, let's pick it up in Mediocre. Skip a bit, brother. If life, it doesn't promise you prosperity it gives you the freedoms and the structures or it honors i should say the freedoms and the structures in place so that you can prosper and live free nothing more nothing less and when we promise more we are giving people less he must feel terribly profound notice notice the pause there when we promise more we're giving people less 
in, in any any of the uh, mathematicians in the uh, Horn Family Community Congregation want to work that one out on the blackboard? Uh, Reverbo says they are certainly right about this. Their enemy is intelligent people. Oh my, yes. The holiday season. Thankful that we still live in the greatest country in the history of the world, but resolved to protect it, save it, advance it under the principles that made it great. Not under the false accusations for which we should somehow crawl into the corner and apologize rather than recognizing that through the turmoil, through the mistakes, through the sins, we have thrived and we have stood tall to pursue righteousness as a country. Righteousness. I am indeed thankful as a cancer survivor, as a father, as a husband. I am thankful to live in the greatest district, in the greatest state, in the greatest country in the history of the world. I'm proud. I glorify I'm unapologetic Gulch. I'm unapologetic for our nation's founding. I'm unapologetic for our nation's advancement. I'm unapologetic for the prosperity it's produced. Or slavery or anything. for the blood that we have shed around the world. Not for tyranny. I'm unapologetic for the traitors who came from my glorious district to fight to preserve slavery in America. I am unapologetic for all the indigenous people who were displaced so that a couple of hundred years later, we could build Chick-fil-A's and, 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 and Hobby Lobby's there in my greatest district, the greatest district in the, in the greatest country in the history of the world on earth, now, today, forever, in the universe, under God. Not for world domination, but for freedom. I will never apologize for that. Did anyone ask but him I to? But I will hold my colleagues on both sides of the aisle accountable, including myself, for what we promise to do when we take the oath, when we campaign, when we come here, when we give speeches. Because it is our duty to protect this country for our kids and our grandkids. We are called in Second Timothy to finish the race. I wonder, because Emilio, he's a chip, Roy Chip, Emilio says, off the old fascist polonium strict nine block, spending, spending, never mind who's responsible for all the deficits, we have to cut spending. Yes, Emilio, you are correct, and I wonder if maybe uh, being, a, being a Texan and everything, I wonder if maybe they called him Buffalo Chip or Cow Chip. In his younger days. Well, thank you, Kim. We got it. Uh, Robin, you're hysterical. Kim says, Starbucks cappuccino is coming out of my nose. Asha can farewell and chlamydia gene is background to Chip Roy's rantings and ravings. Beauty. Greatest district. Greatest country. Greatest state and the greatest co- county. Greatest state and the greatest country in the world. Oh, glory. I just feel like I need to stand up and say the pledge. And then sing the Yaller Rose of Texas. I'm going to leave it all. But, you know, hey, pay attention, y'all, because he, Chip Roy, Chip Roy of Syphilis Springs, Texas, is going to hold the whole darn Congress accountable 
You do that, Chipper. All on the field, I can tell you that for my kids. Every time my son or my daughter call me and say, Daddy, when are you coming home? We've been here for 10 straight weeks. We were here for 10 out of 12 weeks before the August. I mean, how straight are those weeks, Chip? This break. It's been a long run. It's been a run that, as I just articulated, has not produced all the things that I would like to produce. Didn't hurt enough people. But it has produced an observation for the American people that we are not going to be deterred in continuing to fight for what is right and to change this institution, to restore it to the people's house. I'm not going to fly home, look at my kids, and say, well, I tried. I'm going to fly back home and I'm going to tell my kids, we're just beginning. We're just starting. And when I'm away from you, just like our men and women in uniform away from their kids when they're serving overseas. Oh, look, he's he's in the trenches. Bullets are flying over Chip Roy's little old, little, little, little old shiny noggin. Yes. He's got his gas mask on, and he's a... He's just like a doughboy uh, whistling uh, Lady of Arm and Tear. How do you do? Cow chip, Flavio says, Jesus, no humility at all. Too much taffy being distributed. Uff! Oh, I know I've gotten, I, you know, when I get, when I, I know I've gotten to the upper Midwesterners in the Horn Family Community Congregation when they start sending me uff and uffa. Fathers who went away throughout World War II. My father didn't know his father until my father was three years old. I'm a grandfather. My grandfather was in the Pacific. Yeah, that was a lot of people. All my colleagues that go, oh, got to get home. Got to get home for the fundraiser. Got to get home for the football game. We have a job to do. And when I go home and I look at my kids... I'm going to tell them that the reason I come here is for them. And they know that. My friend Pat Fallon, who was thinking about not, not running for re-election, congressman from Texas, district where my parents used to live. Did you catch that one? My friend Pat Fallon, who was thinking about not, not running for re-election. Mm, we'll need a school teacher to diagram that one while the mathematicians are working on the other problem. I mean, honestly, when you listen to him, do you think his kids really miss him? Can, can, can you imagine having to listen to him pontificate day in and day out? And, oh, Dad, I just, knew, I just wanted a new game controller. Well, this country's in debt! You walk through the door and the kids will be there with the... Little VR headsets. Not now, Dad. I'm in a war. You are not. You're playing a damn game. Well, I heard you, Daddy. You said that you, the bullets were flying right over your head there in the Congress. It was an empty room, but there you were. Dad. Are you back talking me, boy? I was. I was. I've been in D.C. for ten straight weeks. I ain't hardly had no Chick-fil-A whatsoever live they now live in my district um pat wasn't going to run for re-election he was going to go back and run for state senate so he could be closer to his family 
and be in the uh, Republic, I mean, state of Texas. Oh, that was clever. Um, his son, according to Pat, convinced him not to do that. Pat's father was very proud of him for running for Congress before his father passed away a couple years ago. And his son said, Dad, you're up there trying to do something bigger. And when you're away from here, we miss you, but we know why you're doing it. So to all of our families, to all of our wives, to all of our husbands, to all of our children, to all the staff who have been here for 10 straight weeks, thank you. I mean that as a former staffer. I know it's not easy, especially if you're having to recite a lot of names. But thank you for your work. To the parents of staff, like Lynn Dare, Jordan's mom. Hi. Hey, Wayne. Staff's always here. They're always working hard. They always serve us respectfully, regardless of what our views are. And I appreciate it. I appreciate my staff uh, who work night and day tirelessly uh, trying to defend this country just as much as we do. It's an honor to serve in this House, but we owe the courtesy to the people that we represent to honor them by fighting for them. With that, I yield back, Mr. Speaker. I, I think I'm going to cry. That poor man just wants to make America harder to live in for all the people who deserve to have the country be harder to live in. Not good white people, but, you know, the coloreds and the Mexicans and the Muslims and the queers. They ain't really American. He, Chip Roy, by God, he's American. And and uh, there there was plenty of brown words. He said at one point because we didn't have fifty five minutes to devote to this. He said, uh, "Well, you know, for those Republicans who said we're not as bad as the Democrats, you won't have to say, well, I was shoveling shit in Louisiana.' No offense to my friends from Louisiana, Mala Mike, at whom he is most angry." Chip Roy is, because after all that business about working and staying here and not getting the job done, he was one of the uh, people who voted against um, the rule motion that basically made Mullah Mike turn him loose. <sighs> Yeah, Matt in San Francisco called it too. Working, working for 10 weeks straight. Where do they find the strength? It's almost superhuman. What the fuck is this guy even talking about? Well, he's pouting, Matt. That's, that's what it sounds like when a maggot pouts. And he went after the military and said, eh. We're sissifying the military. They're supposed to be killing people and blowing things up. That's what the military is supposed to be trained to do. And then, you know, because Tommy the Tuber has made great hate. They're reading poems on aircraft carriers. Uh, 
And when are we going to act like a Republican majority and start fighting? And then he, and, but you know, the whole reason for this entire insane screed was because they passed the CR. Oh, we can't have a shutdown. Okay. Then why don't you just take your voting card, walk over to the other side of the aisle and say, thank you, sir. May I have another? Oh, how humiliating that must have been for the other Republicans. Because you know who the thank you, sir, they'd have to say it to be. Mm-hmm. Hakeem Jeffries. Of course, all them ten straight weeks, it kind of makes you wonder how it is that uh, good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual, Christian, Republican, Chip Roy finds himself using a line from Animal House where one man implores another man to spank him again. Oh, Chip. Chip, 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 Chip. Chip the trip. Clarence says, I gotta go to Harbor Freight and buy a new bullshit meter because old Chip caused the needle to peg out of control. It's just stuck. I understand, Clarence. These, 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 these carcassers and and, and maggots can be rough on the equipment. And it kept on getting dumber. Because not only is Chip Roy in the Congress, but with apologies to his friends in Louisiana, so is uh, <sighs> Clay Higgins. Clay Higgins is a former cop. Louisiana, and he rose to fame. He rose to fame because he was willing to beat the shit out of people, whether they deserved it or not, when he was copping. And so Clay Higgins, he knows how to how to cop, and he knows how to bear down on a witness. Oh boy, I'm 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 way down below the corn pone curtain this evening, aren't I? And so. Uh, Christopher Ray showed up in Congress yesterday in the House to testify about, well, it didn't really matter what he showed up to testify about. It's what he wound up discussing. FBI Director Chris Ray, Clay Higgins, And Clay Higgins has a pretty solid case of uh, paranoia. You, you remember, remember the, what, Tuesday evening when we had the clip from Marge? Well, she's had a days-long feud running now with Piers Morgan. But you might recall in that testy exchange between the two that she talked about the hostages being held in D.C. jails. Oh, for January 6th. You know, it's really hard to call somebody a hostage when they have been tried and convicted in a court of competent jurisdiction of actual crimes. At that point in time, you're not a hostage. You are, and I know this is a technical legal word, a convict. 
And so uh, Clay Higgins, by God, he was going to get some answers from the director of the FBI. And he wanted to know about, because this sounds really scary, doesn't it? He wanted to know about the ghost buses. Ooh, where's the theremin music? Ghost buses. I wish I was kidding. I'm not. I, I, I it's fifteen minute cities, ghost buses. Sometimes I'm just not quite tapped in enough with the zeitgeist, or maybe I'm not spending enough time paying attention to the wild-eyed conspirators over there in maggot land. I figured I could stop with Comet Ping Pong Pizza in the basement thereof that what didn't exist, and the adrenochrome, and uh, the covidiots drinking glasses of pee-pee and rubbing their gums with aardvark antifungal. But apparently not, because along the way, I missed the 15-minute city conspiracy, and then I missed the ghost buses. Ghost buses! Who are you going to call? Director Ray. Last year, you might recall, sir, our exchange regarding the FBI's involvement on January 6th and prior. Uh, not, not really. I try not to make a habit of remembering... Uh, conversations I've had with crazy people, but, you know, go right ahead, Clay. Uh, Subject, dumb shit, Jimmy says, what's he saying, Robin? Chip boy doesn't want... Obens and OBGYNs in the Navy, the military. I don't know. I don't speak dumbass. We're all just figuring this out for the first time together, Jimmy. And uh, uh, going back to the 15-minute cities for a second, Claire. Hey, Claire. Uh, Blimey, says Claire. The first evening in many weeks I listen in and you start with 15-minute cities. Yay, I live in one, Hove. Well, it's more a town attached to Brighton, where my youngest son lives, and he, too, with everything within a 15-minute walk, my firstborn Christian in another, Birmingham, yes, really, and my second oldest, Nick, lives in one, Rome, and works in another, Venice, though he commutes between the two cities by train. Apart from Nick, who uh, is still swimming, uh, apart from Nick, who commutes to Venice by train, everything we need, all shops, doctor, dentist, library, the sea, and Martin, in my case, he's still swimming in the sea lane outdoor swimming pool on the beach, Ten minutes walk away. We also have a mainline station within 15 minutes. Museums, art galleries, and cinemas. One, the Duke of York Cinema, is one of the oldest in the country. Buses go everywhere every day of the week. We have many parks, and buses take us out far beyond the city and into more natural outdoor spaces. And guess what? None of us have cars. But that doesn't mean we don't travel. America is so far back in the dark ages when it comes to local public transport and city planning with human well-being, environmental health, and sustainability at its very heart. But now you have the chance to start making these important improvements. Grab it, please. Much love from me in the 15-minute town of Hove. Sounds like a charming place. And... 
I saw a couple of these. I didn't know they were 15-minute cities, but I saw a couple of these in, in, in Germany, too. And It's it's delightful. Um, I needed some stationery, and I just walked down the street. I didn't have to drive a 30-mile round trip to freaking Wally World. There was a, there was an ice cream shop, a Weinstube, and and a and a and a pub, all within walking distance. There was a pharmacy. There was a grocery store. It was all there, and it was lovely. But apparently, to the same people who believe in ghost buses, it's communism. Uh, if you're on the line. Stay there. We're just gonna we're gonna get done with Clay Higgins, and then I'm gonna uh, go right to the phone because this is too much stupid to have waiting in queue. I'm happy to jog your memory to quote. According to the record, I ask you, did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th prior to the doors being opened? You responded. I quote, again, I have to be very careful of what I say, to which I said, it should be a no. Can you not tell the American people, no, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th? A year has passed. We sit here again a year later, we the people still... Now, now, meanwhile, just so you know, this is the color commentary. He's sitting in front of a great big blown-up picture of an underground parking garage, presumably in Washington, D.C., with a lot of buses parked. Buses in Washington, D.C.? My goodness gracious, Clay Higgins. I don't know why I want to keep calling him Clay Shaw. Maybe it's a Louisiana thing. I... Clay Higgins, don't ever go near the Smithsonian. There are ghost buses lined up literally for a couple of miles down Constitution Avenue. Oh, the flag is falling, Clay. Thank you, Madison. We do not have a definitive answer from you or anyone else in the Biden administration regarding the FBI presence and participation in the months leading up to the November election, and in the weeks and days prior to January 6th and on January 6th here in D.C. We can't get a straight answer, although we have a tremendous amount of evidence harvested and reviewed over the course of the last year, which you will see Mm, in September. Stephen D'Artano formerly in charge of the FBI's field office in Washington, D.C., testified to the House Judiciary Committee that he was aware the FBI informants would attend the Stop the Steal rally thrown on January 6th. You confirmed that the FBI had confidential human sources at the Stop the Steal rally on January 6th here in D.C., sir? Congressman, as we've discussed before, I'm not going to get into where we have or have not used confidential human sources. But what okay, I can we'll tell move you, on. you asked for a definitive We'll move answer. on. It's my time. You said no. You're not going to answer. That's cool. We're watching. Mr. Chairman, may you're, I answer you're, the question? The moment, the moment will come. This is my time. Earlier this year, an FBI informant 
who is reported to have, quote, his quote, under oath, marched to the U.S. Capitol with fellow Proud Boys members on January 6th, close quote. He said he was communicating with his FBI handler while people were entering the U.S. Capitol. Can you confirm that the FBI had that sort of engagement with your own agents embedded within to the crowd on January 6th? If you are asking whether the violence at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and or agents, the answer is emphatically You're saying not. no? No. You're saying no? Not okay. violence orchestrated Let's by FBI on. sources or agents. Are you familiar with, with, you know what a ghost vehicle is? Director, director of the FBI certainly should. You know what a ghost bus is? A ghost bus? Ghost bus. I'm not sure I've used that term before. Okay. Okay. You know what a ghost vehicle is? A ghost bus? You've seen the movie, haven't you? Ghost buses? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it's pretty common in, in law enforcement. It's a vehicle that's, that's used for secret purposes. It's painted over. These two buses in the middle here. They were the first to arrive at Union Station on January 6th, 0500. I have all this evidence. I'm showing you a tip of this iceberg. Mr. Chairman. These two buses Mr. are Chairman. painted completely white. Point of order. Point of order. Sure. If only we could have the point of order. They were painted completely white, these buses. Now, I tell you how we do about do do. I tell you how we'd go about dealing with this down in Plaquemine Parish, Louisiana. I can tell you that. Yeah, we get that bus driver in a in a room what got no windows, and we go to work on him. Just like I'd go to work on you if if if, if they let me. But instead, I'm gonna sit here and tap the eraser end of my pencil and 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 feel and and wish I had me a bright light to shine in your face. I have the evidence. You're going to find out. <sighs> has Clay Higgins ever been seen in the same room with Marginal Trailer Queen? Which one's doing the drag? Uh, <laughs> uh, hi, Matt. Matt says, uh, ever heard of a ghost? Subject line, Columbo. Never hear of a ghost bus. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> Ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> Do you like Greco-Roman wrestling, Director Ray? Oh. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, I know. You are correct, Jimmy. <laughs> Subject line, dumb shit. You're correct. It's making my head hurt. How long do we have to wait for until our, our government works properly? It's not so much waiting as it is working, Jimmy. Uh, Arnold says, this has been going on since 2007. It's all over the right-wing Internet. It's mostly funded by religious institutions. You want to bring people to the churches. It all makes you crazy. Ghost buses is just like space lasers. I've seen all this stuff. FEMA camps, flat earth, all that shit. There's little bits of truth to some of this stuff, but it's mostly overblown and easily explained if you follow the money. Walmart's ready to be a detention center slash supply center. That is real. A lot of the corporate chain stores have agreements with FEMA. And that's not anti-American. 
That's resource utilization. And 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 still and oddly enough, there is still more stupid. It's it's this is what happens when I miss a day. Uh, Amelia, Amelia said, I don't talk real good, okay? Ghostbusters, sir. Have you seen them? Well, I can tell you this much. General J.E.B. Stewart saw him when, it's all them Ghostbusters when he was out recon, reconnoitering with the Confederate cavalry, sir. Have you a rejoinder to that, sir? I am your subbed, sir. Okay, before my brain breaks, we're going to go over to the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Hello? I'm sure you're there. Where'd you go? You're still connected. Hello? Well, how strange. Uh, Let's see. Well, that being the case, uh, we will go to further stupid. Mine's open. Sing out if you actually are there. Our republic was dealt a fearsome blow today. Yes, yes. George Anthony DeVolder Thomas Paine Santos declared that he will not seek re-election. Uh, he went on shit and took a shitter, or shitter and took a shit and said, if there was a single ounce of ethics in the ethics committee, they would not have released this biased report. The committee went to extraordinary lengths to smear myself and my legal team about me not being forthcoming. My legal bill suggests otherwise. And he's got a blue check mark, so he wrote paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. That is a disgusting politicized smear that shows the depths of how low our federal government has sunk. Everyone who participated in this grave miscarriage of justice should all be ashamed of themselves. We, the people, desperately need an Article 5 Constitutional Convention. Oh, dear, the Article 5 Convention rears its ugly little head. We are quickly approaching $34 trillion in debt, and I know a little something about debt. The government is continuously on the verge of a shutdown. Our southern border is wide open. Our current president is the head of an influence-peddling crime family. And I know a little bit about crime. And all this Congress wants to do is attack their political enemies with tit-for-tat unconstitutional censures. And I know a little bit about tits. 
impeachments, expulsions, and ethics investigations. The time is now for the states to rise up and commence an Article 5 constitutional convention. I've come to expect vitriol like this from political opposition, but not from the hallowed halls of public service. I will remain steadfast in fighting for my rights, for defending my name, the name of George Anthony DeVolder Casimir Pulaski Santos in the face of adversity. I am humbled yet again and reminded I am human and have flaws. But I will not stand by as I am stoned by those who have flaws themselves. I will continue on my mission to serve my constituents up until I am allowed. What? I will, however, not be seeking re-election for a second term in 2024. As my family, my Jewish family deserves better than to be under the gun from the press all the time. Poor baby. They're under the gun. The, uh, said the First Amendment's carrying a Second Amendment remedy, and my family's under the gun. Public service life was... Never a goal or a dream. All I wanted to be was a pretty little Brazilian drag queen. But I stepped up to the occasion when I felt my country needed it most. I will 100% continue to maintain my commitment to my conservative values in my remaining time in Congress. Yeah. Mm. Uh. Now, all this because of a, an absolutely damning report by the House Ethics Committee. The report itself was, I should note, bipartisan. <sighs> but he's under the gun. He's also under indictment. But who's counting? Rise up. We need a We don't need to, we don't need to actually discuss the Article five convention, do we? Because that's probably the dumbest idea in American civics. Madison didn't even want it in the Constitution. He said it was a terrible idea at the time, but he put it there to pacify a certain cadre of constitutional convention delegates who wanted to be able to undo the Constitution kind of the way that they had undone the Articles of Confederation. Um, oh, uh, okay. Well, thank you, Billable Rick. Let's contribute a cowbell toward Clarence's new bullshit meter. I hope get the bougie one this time, Clarence. I know. Uh, uh, George and Corsco representing Chip Roy. 
He's a jackass, and I feel that I've just wasted the last 90 minutes. And oddly enough, we only played no more than five. Some sort of mathematical, algebraic, exponential progression kind of mathematics going on there, George. Subject line, stupid. Jimmy says, stupid is as stupid does. Are we really that stupid? I believe we are not, Horn family. Stay strong. No, the, the, we're not. We are not the problem. The problem is the people in the gerrymandered district that look at Chip Roy and think, that there is a smart man. Mm-hmm, look at that. He even has shoes that has laces that he ties. He ain't wearing none of them tasseled loafer trial all your slip-ons now, Airy. Uh, ghost bussin'. Christopher said, hi, Christopher. Ghost bussin'. I swear I saw it with my own two eyes. That guy from SNL with the gopher, he was driving around the ghost bus trying to spray the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man with foam. Then later I saw the same guy get visited by three ghosts who scared the bejeebus out of him until he bought a goose for all the little children. Oh, Christopher. That was quality. Uh, meanwhile, I think I'm, I'm, I'm not being particularly good for Arnold's mental health. Um, so apparently you have no chill tonight. Brazilian drag queen had me basically die. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I don't know who's on the stress line. Give me a second here. Apparently, nobody there. So, well, let's just keep things uh, uh, rolling. I mentioned a few minutes ago that Marge is feuding with Piers Morgan, and apparently she's been so deep in her feud with Chris, uh, with Piers Morgan that maybe she didn't read her briefing documents so good, because she don't read so good in the first place. But, well, okay, let's see if we got somebody there now. We'll get to Marge, trust me. Hey, welcome to the program. Robert. Todd. How are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, w- was that you on the line earlier? Yeah, that was. I tried to come to you, but I, there was silence. I, I, you know, um, were you in the Piggly Wiggly? Were you? T- is that what it was? You were in the Piggly Wiggly. I, you know what? I, I wouldn't mind. I would might have some boar's head or something. But uh, now it was Chip DeRoy. You know, I just started having. First of all, you know, you put the bad signal out. You know, you can't be doing violence. You know what that does. I'm not talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I started seeing Chip, Chip DeRoy's face, and I'm like, that motherfucker is a Confederate reenactor, and he just can't stand it. He's like, I've been away for 10 months. I saw him. 
Oh, God. Chip, Chip DeRoy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Ooh. Chip DeRoy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm, I'm, look, I'm I, about I, know, to be, I know. I mean, just like he is exactly what he appears to be. <laughs> oh, hey, I mean, do you? I, I, am I am I out of turn here? Does, does, does what I'm saying make any sense? No, you're you're good. I know. I know what you're. <laughs> yes. Oh God, yeah. So, you know, like this morning they were like, when um, Jehoshaphat, uh, you know, they were like, well, you know, uh, Chip Roy, yeah, he he pretty much made the commercial for the Democrats. He said, "What have we done? We ain't done one goddamn thing right here. I got my Marlboro Reds and my Burberry on me doing shit." You know. He, he, he was we, ain't, we ain't done shit. <laughs> Seriously, if the DNC doesn't clip that out and run it all over Merca, and particularly in 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 the whatever whatever district it includes uh, Gonorrhea Gulch where he lives, God. oh shit. He, he said it was it was perfect though. You played the violin. He was like, "We got ten rights to die from away from my house, my homestead." I don't know what's going to become of my my barbed wire friends. My my my, my 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 poor one man, one woman, God fearing, upstanding <laughs> Christian family wife is out back there at home in in, in Syphilis Springs and. Uh, shoot, shoot, uh, shooting herds of fifty-two wild feral hogs just so our youngins can go outside and play. And she can't skin them. She can't skin them things like I do. And the little children, they got fur around their mouth because they had to eat that thing. You seen the tusks? Have you seen the tusks on them things? Thank God for the Second Amendment and high-capacity magazines. I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you, uh, give him a chance. By the way, oh. by the way, Jimmy in the Great Northwest says, "Great conversation, Todd." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you, you know, you, you, oh, I, so much has happened, so much has transpired. These people, no, no, the maggots have gone completely <laughs> off the rails. I mean. <laughs> After after tu- after Tuesday and uh, you Union thug, I'll meet you at the field on the field of honor at dawn tomorrow. What? I I lost my shit. I was like, this what? This what? Bernie San- Bernie motherfucking Sanders. No, you sit down. You are a you are United States senator. You will sit down. The fuck out, man! What is wrong with these motherfuckers, man? They have really lost their. Fu- there is no more Republican Party. There hasn't been for at least eight weeks. They they need to find a new name or some shit. They, that ain't no Republican Party. They're a bunch of fucking weirdos. I don't know what the fuck they are. Want to be Whigs? I'm sorry, man. You you got me hyped up. This shit. 
you had to bring that up. That, that I don't think that's ridiculous, man. It's well, the, the, so yeah, but from there to ghost buses. Oh, we tried to we tried to tell you all that that was your Antifa, Black Lives Matter protesters in whiteface trying to make Donald Trump the greatest president this country's ever had. Uh, look bad. FBI, FBI, anti-Antifa, Black Lives Matter informants. I have the evidence, sir. I have it, and you will find out, sir. Sir. Wait a minute. You, you, you know why Biden was so nice to Xi? Because he was like, Biden was like, I know, we're just, we're just full of idiots. I know, Xi. I know. I, I just can't help it. I know. See, we're, we're trying. Now, 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 see, now, see, Xi, it's like this. Uh, when, when you have idiots over there in China, you can have them taken out and shot. I can't, I can't, I can't do that here. And then when she started smiling, he's like, oh, oh, oh I know. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You have, you have many crazy people in America in your government. We contributed to some of their campaigns. <sighs> They're so gullible. <laughs> Don't do the voice. I'm sorry, but he's not. <laughs> They're so gullible. <laughs> How you people get so stupid? <laughs> See, but wait, you know what? This is I, I'm I would take Cajun Man's going to bring this home. No, seriously, that's just funny because it's fucking true. The truth is always funny because you know, as Americans, you know, we see things through our lens. We, I think, a lot of us forget that a lot of the world. As opposed to how it used to be, a lot of the world is multilingual and polylingual, and we're we're still working on English. Yes, <laughs> and, and, and they see CNN, they see everything we see. We're kind of fucking behind the curve here, collectively. And, and, and you know what I'm saying in terms of the world series. Uh, she was like, "Oh," he said, "Oh, oh you got some dozing on your hands." <laughs> Oh, shit. We have we have recently adopted the ancient American tradition of the snipe hunt, and, and several of my political enemies are deep in the forest right now as we speak. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Uh, I, and, and you're right about Chip DeRoy. I mean, I know I'm going back there, but he, he's so pissed off. He's like, they sent us here to shut this goddamn place down. They, let me shut it down. they want us to shut this government down. And we didn't get to shut this government down, so now we're going to go home. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I mean, I'm, I'm from the Republic. I mean, state of Texas. I tell you what, I'm going to miss the steakhouses up here. You ever been to the Palm? <laughs> the Palm. Yeah, I'll tell you what, right now. He said, I'm headed home, but baby, I'm going to Israel. And I got me four, four cartons of Marlboro Red. And I'm getting on that plane. I'm going over to Israel. That's Israel. Right. Israel. Uh, yeah. Israel. 
That, that's oh, what we wait, can say. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> cowbell, cowbell, cowbell. That's for Arnold. If Uber's not around and Lyft can't be found, who are you going to call? Ghost buses. <laughs> Busters. <laughs> Ghost buses. Ghost buses. Oh, my God, these people. I mean, like, like seriously, though, I don't know what's going to become of us. Uh, uh, this, this, but, the, you know, I don't know if we've talked. We haven't talked since, um, oh, so much. I don't, but, have we, have we talked since, um, no, we have we haven't talked since, uh, uh, little Luna was born. So maybe, be, maybe not. Um, you, she was just on her way, or she was just born. Um, mm-hmm. I, she had just gotten back. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. So maybe it was like early last week. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think it might have been last, maybe Tuesday. I guess a week from today. But so much has happened. My God, time is moving so fast. But so much has happened. Uh, you know, it's it's. it's it's just crazy. Um, I, I'm gonna tell you what, what intrigues me is, is seeing these witnesses, the, the former attorneys, well, attorney, one attorney, uh, Sidney Powell. Because remember how how she was all on board until she wasn't, and then she's like, "Oh yeah, we did that. Yep, he knew, he knew." She was just like, you know what? She looked relieved. Like she was like, "Thank God this is over. I just want to get this over." Confession is good for the soul. Pardon me. Confession is good for the soul. Yeah, I mean, I and, and now we find her. out. I don't know if you saw this, but now we find out that it was a, it was a pettifogger for one of the, uh, maga, uh, one of the Trump allies, who released those uh, uh, proffer videos. Hmm. So that's who. It, well, it, okay. Hmm. The ju- the judge has now closed the barn door now that the horses are gone, and said y'all can't do that anymore. But there was no order in place at the time uh, that because see uh, the DA's office in Fulton County had to disclose those statements to the other defendants, mm-hmm. and then this one pettifogger took it and put it out there uh, to the wider world. So that presumably Nitwit Nero could be wised up? That's not, I don't want to say legal, but I don't think you're allowed to do that. I think it was at least um, unethical. But that's part of discovery, isn't it? Well, it is, but making it public isn't necessarily. Well, you see, these people are working the working the edges. They're working the, the system every which way you look at it. That's like just like just like when um the former president was losing his shit in the courtroom. You you can't act that way in traffic court. You you cannot even if you live in Podunk, Egypt. If, if you say something stupid to the magistrate, who might be the damn plumber down the street, you know you, you can't do it. 
they'll hustle your ass right down to the jail cell for contempt. Am I wrong? No, no, you're not. Oh, uh, one, a thing. Okay, so here's a thing for you, because you and I have discussed this in the past. I have said that I think uh, counsel for the parking garage is auditioning to be Mrs. Trump number four. You know, after after melanoma cashes in the uh, prenup, the recently renegotiated prenup. I don't disagree. And so, you know, she's, you know, like the, 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 she's given herself a, um, just to recap, she has given herself highlights, a die job, a highlight die job that's strikingly similar to melanomas do. And we recall that Cassidy Hutchinson said that the boss, told her to put some streaks in her hair, so she went right home that night and did it. Well, there's a new story out. You ever heard of Barstool Sports? It's a sports website, kind of a uh, man-fest, if you know what I mean. Cheesecake photos and the like, and some sports stuff. Well, they got an article, and it's kind of on point. They did an article about Alina Havana Havana Havana, counsel for the parking garage. And what it was, although it said, uh, (laughs) this is a little love letter to Trump, too. The message you project by... Hiring Alina Hava as your counsel is, I make wise decisions. I will accept nothing less than the very best. It's a 750-word story, but it features 23 pictures of Alina Havana Havana Havana. Uh, everything from, like, her at a press conference, uh, a picture of her using a saber to open a champagne bottle on a golf course, Uh, counsel for the parking garage at the gun range, counsel for the parking garage having cocktails and uh, striking a showgirl pose at a fundraiser and and pictures of her dancing. Did did you say 150 words? Seven, seven, 750 words, yeah. 750, with 23 pictures. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, and, okay so, so they did the article. And lo and behold, Nitwit Nero retriped it on Tripe Social. Cowbells retriped it. There's so many guys. That's enough cow for a fucking rent. Hey. <laughs> 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 
And so, uh, yeah, so I, I think we're getting closer to the verification of my little my, my little theorem. Well, she's looking like it. She's getting a little pouty, and she's like, she's very concerned about her hair. Notice that in court. She's definitely concerned about her hair. Well, uh, Ralph's just uh, sent me a note and said, puff piece. Oh, yeah. Cheesecake piece. Cheesecake, Ralph's. Cheesecake. Oh, my God. Yeah, they build themselves as a sports and pop culture blog. You know what? So the headline headline to this uh, thing, in the most nonpartisan way possible, let me say Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, is the kind of attorney who can fight my battles anytime. Okay, you know what that sounds like, right? Uh, Yes. Uh, That that sounds like something. Yeah, uh, the the uh, picture of her with the saber and the champagne bottle on a golf course, little cheetah print mini uh, mini micro skirt. That's some Playboy Esquire stuff. And it's like, oh, you can no. A picture of a pic uh, a photograph of her backside, no face. Well, it's Trump. What do you expect? He objectifies women. I mean, that's that's his thing. He's a visual, if it, you know. That's that's why he hired her. Oh, she was, she was good on TV. Just like uh, the the woman who's going to be his death knell, uh, Alice. Is that her last name? Uh, Alice, yes, Jenna, Jenna Alice. Yeah, Jenna Ellis. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, he's so he's so shallow. He's so predictable. He's like, okay, his blonde hair and a big chest, and and now she's. She's opened the gates on him. He, let me tell you something. This, this this fucker cannot sleep at night. I know for a fact he cannot sleep at night. Now he's gonna, he's going to be so afraid. He's going to be doing so much Adderall. He, I, I, I mean, it's going to be crazy. He'll be drooling. Uh, and you see, he's jacked up. All these all these public speeches. He's doing extra. Um. It, it's gonna, and, and you know, it's gonna make him more, even more paranoid, because he's been a chronic, you know, um, stimulant abuse for years, and you know, it, it tends to make people paranoid. Yeah, you know, it, 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 you know, peed skills. <laughs> right. You remember that? We were, we grew up, right, right. It's true, though. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's really sad. That this many people are still like normal people. And it's like, but I'm still voting for him. You can give him a chance. It's still saying that. You can give him a chance. They were trying to get rid of him before he even got started. Like, well, yeah, because we we knew what would happen. Exactly what we're dealing with. The constitutional crisis. And here we are. You know, this, but see, I, I really maintain now, honest to God, if I were in the judiciary, uh, you know, I, I would think that part of being a high-level judiciary is being a historian and to protect the public. 
and look out for the public good. And that being said, this individual should probably be incarcerated now and have absolutely zero internet access. What more, what more do we need to see? I mean, it, it, that should be plenty. Oh, uh, Flavio wanted to know again where the puff piece came from. It is Barstool Sports, Flavio. Oh. Barstool Sorry. Sports. The author is Jerry Thornton. Uh-huh. See, well, that's where we are. We're real base. You know, this is the base, B-A-S-E stuff, base. I mean, that's fun when you're at the bar, but, I mean, this is real life. Yeah. You know, Joseph Plummer was funny, but you know I don't need him trying to craft legislation. You might get a kick out of this, though. This is funny. We mentioned earlier Mark Wayne Mullen. Oh no, you didn't. Yeah, you getting 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 ready to get up and square off against that Teamsters president, Sean O'Brien. And, of course, you know, Bernie spoiling the fun, but you are a United States senator. Sit down and act like it. Well, now, no, having learned that he is definitely living rent-free in Mark Wayne's head, uh, Teamsters President Sean O'Brien. Oh, and it was funny. After I, after I ran that clip on Tuesday evening, Jehoshaphat came mm-hmm. on, and, and I said, you know, listen, uh I would I would kindly direct the senator's attention to the end zone at uh, uh, the stadium in in, in 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 New Jersey, and maybe take note of who some people have said is deep down in the concrete there. And Jehoshaphat the next morning is like, you know, I would not screw around with the president of the Teamsters. Ask Jimmy Hoffa. He said directly what I, I what I alluded to indirectly. There at the Meadowlands. And so now uh, uh, Sean O'Brien showed up on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. Your world with Neil Cavuto. And proceeded to crawl around, uh, crawl around inside Mark Wayne Mullen's head some more. And called his heterosexuality into question. Because you know, Mark Wayne stood up and he was taking off his pinky ring and stuff. Because, and uh, Sean O'Brien. Oh, by the way, Mark Mark Wayne, he's real butch, Todd. Because he <clears throat> used uh, he used to be an uh, uh, an aspiring MMA fighter. So uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's. Uh, Really, really manly. And uh, Randy Radar tells me it was on Colbert last night, too. So Sean O'Brien, speaking to Cavuto, said, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. First, he said, we're consenting adults, which is bizarre because it sounded like he wanted to date me. 
Then he asked to fight me. And I'm hearing now he wanted to bite me. And the last post he made was a post in front of a cache of automatic weapons where he says, any time, any place. So make up your mind. You want to fight me, bite me, or shoot me? It's crazy. Do not try to outmanly the president of the, of the Teamsters. Just don't. And then Kabuto said, "Well, what? said if he came, but if he came, if he came across the, uh, uh, if he if he came if he came across the, the 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 table, what would you have done?" And he said, "If he jumped over the dais and put myself or anybody that was with me at risk, obviously, do we do have a right to defend ourselves? It's clearly not the objective moving forward for me." But Mark Wayne, Mark Wayne's a man, and Mark Wayne's a man from Oklahoma. And he's already got masculinity issues because of Texas down there. And they think, uh, well, you, you know what, you know what they say? You ain't, ain't but two things comes from Oklahoma, right? Steer, Texas. Steers and queers. Oh. That's right. That's right. We done seed the movie. They done them cast off. I didn't know that. We didn't want them. <laughs> but I, I read that, I read that quote and I, and I immediately thought of, uh, oh, what was the movie? Miscongeniality. Mm-hmm. Where Sandra Bullock looks at her FBI colleague and says, "You think I'm gorgeous? You want yeah. to kiss yeah. me and date me?" <laughs> She's just making fun of him. <laughs> that, that would I, oh, if he had, if 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 Sean O'Brien had tweeted that out with that clip, how perfect would that have been? Um, Mark Mark Wayne could have stood on top of his head. And, and, and pull it up about ten batches of moonshine. He's been so high. It, I mean, it, it, this, this dude. And of course, Bur- he, he, after the uh, after the, oh, what would it be? The uh, no, not the right. Um, the uh, cage match in committee. <laughs> That's fucked up. That's so fucked up. Uh, Brother Deacon, Brother Deacon Asa said, "It's right there. It's right there in his name. He's Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma." I did. That's <laughs> the truth. You can't. But, but Bernie, Bernie was a big guest. You can't so, fuck with the Deacon, man. Yeah. So Bernie went. Bernie went on the show with uh, Anderson Cooper. Uh, Flavio says the most important part was left out of all the accounts of what Bernie said. Why do you suppose, Roxanne? Why, I don't know, Flavio. This is a hearing, and God knows the American people already have enough contempt for Congress. Let's not make it worse. <laughs> Somebody needs to get on the blower to Larry David and just have him repeat that on SNL or something. But this was what he said to Anderson Cooper in the aftermath. On Capitol Hill, we mentioned a moment ago, occurred during a Senate hearing on economic issues. Oklahoma Republican Mark Wayne Mullen had taken offense to tweets directed toward him by the witness, Teamsters General President Sean O'Brien, after a heated exchange between the two during testimony earlier this year. One of the t- tweets from June read in part, quote, quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me any place, anytime, cowboy. Senator Mullen, who we should point out is a former mixed martial arts fighter, read that one aloud. And then this happened. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, stop it. 
Very solutionary policy. No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Okay. okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Hold it. Hold it. If we can't, no, I have the mic. I'm sorry. This is what he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? No, you can't. (laughs) This is a hearing. And God knows the American people have enough of contempt for Congress. Let's not I don't make like it worse. Thugs and you, you are, and you are, I don't like you because you just described yourself. Hold it. Senator Sanders, the chairman of the Senate Health, Labor, Education, and Pensions Committee, you just saw there, joins us now. Um, Senator Sanders, have you seen a time like this before? I mean, what's going through your mind when this is happening in front of you? Well, it's pretty pathetic. I mean, we have a United States senator challenging a, you know, a um, member of the panel who is the head of one of the larger unions in America, which has just negotiated a very good contract for their workers, Teamsters. You know, I I think the point that I try to make there is, you know, this country, Anderson, faces so many crises. We have massive income and wealth inequality. We have a housing crisis. Our health care system is, you know, almost collapsing. It's broken. It's dysfunctional. We pay the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. Climate change is threatening the entire existence of the planet. And this is what goes on in a Senate hearing. And that's why, you know, the American people are getting sick and tired of what goes on here in Congress. Uh, what that hearing was about, as a matter of fact, and by the way, you know, it might be nice for the media to pay attention to really what the hearing was about is that workers all over this country uh, are standing up and fighting back against corporate greed. Uh, Unions like the UAW, the Teamsters, others are winning good contracts. And what the message of the hearing was about is that if we're going to rebuild a disappearing middle class, uh, workers should be joining unions and taking on large corporations who are making record-breaking profits CEOs now make 350 times what their workers are making. That's what the hearing was about, not, you know, a senator getting into a fight with a union leader. Is this a sign? I mean, look, the Senate is the, are, are, you know, supposed to be the adults. I mean, the Senate is, you know, the august body uh, of debate and, and, you know, decorum. I mean, is what's, you know, we've seen in the House the sort of not not a lot of policy being discussed, but people looking for sound bites and people looking to, to you know, have be outraged about something and, and have clicks and, and tweet out stuff. Do you do you see that seeping into the Senate? Well, I do. And I got to say, uh, Anderson, the media plays its role. Uh, there was not much coverage of what Sean Fain of the UAW had to say about the work that they did to raise wages for workers in the automobile industry, which, by the way, trickled into the non-union plants as well. wasn't a whole lot to be seen about what Sean O'Brien, what Sarah Nelson had to say from the flight attendants. So I think if we're going to look at the problem, media plays a role, too. You tell me. Isn't media more interested in a confrontation than why we have massive levels of income and wealth inequality? So I hope we all get it together. Congress, media. Let us ask ourselves why it is that after 50 years, the average worker today is earning less in real dollars than 50 years ago, while the people on top are doing phenomenally well. That, to me, is kind of an important issue that maybe Congress should be discussing, media should be covering. Do you think that issue 
is playing a big enough role in the public debate in terms as we go into this election? No. For, of or, I mean, not. are the Democrats making that front and center enough? No, it is not. I mean, look, I have said over and over again uh, in Democratic caucus uh, on media that if the Democrats want to do well in 2024, they have got to make it clear which side they are on. When the people on top are doing phenomenally well, while 60 percent of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. You know, people, half a million people sleeping out on the streets. Crime is going up. We have got to make it clear that we are prepared to stand with the working class of this country and take on the corporate greed, which has been so very destructive. Record-breaking profits for corporate America. CEOs, 350 times earnings of what their workers are making. We have got to make it clear which side we're on. If you're asking me whether the Democrats have... I mean, he's he's consistently correct on all of these things, Todd. Um, uh, Robin, I, and I'm I'm not saying this to butter you at all, but I, I mean, somehow we're all honest to God in the wavelength. And you see, I'm not laughing now because this is serious business. Yeah, it is. Because. You know, when I, you know, we were, I was joking, we were joking about, you know, how Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, radical, crazy, left-wing Bernie Sanders had to, had to instruct these people. Let's remember, the Senate is elite. Oh, it's the, it's the world's most exclusive country club. It is the uh, most prestigious debating society on earth. It's collegiality. I mean, we can't, we can't even, uh, we can't even get democracy inside the Senate based on the way it's apportioned constitutionally and their right. addiction to the filibuster, which sometimes works for you and sometimes works against you. And I couldn't help, when I, when I watched that clip on Tuesday, Todd, I couldn't <clears> help <throat> thinking about the fact that only days before, the House of Representatives, including some, I think, 22 Democrats, had voted to censure one of their members, Rashida Tlaib, for having the unmitigated temerity of going to a rally organized by Jewish Voice for Peace and calling for a ceasefire uh, in Gaza. They censured. They hold. They censured her for that. Now. Can somebody please explain to me where the damn censure motion is for Mark Wayne? Or or is the rest of the Senate scared that he'll offer to fight them too? Oh, Robin, aren't you aren't you clever? See, I'm so glad you can't because I, I don't I, I don't I feel I really, so much I'm, clever as I do flabbergasted. Well it, well because it's glaring at us. It's like, come on, and it's it's like double time, double time. You're making our point twice over uh, in terms of the privilege. Because uh, remember what remember what Wayne said after, after the incident. You know, he couldn't remember exactly what it was, but it was you know uh, Brooke Sumner, you know, the caning on the Senate floor. You know what happened shortly after it, that? Uh, Char- well, uh, yeah, some, Charles Sumter was that what it was? Sumner. Summoner from Massachusetts and Brooks from South Carolina. Yeah, and uh, and and the and the South Carolinian about beat him to death. 
Yeah, well, it, it, dude was in a coma. You know, people had walking sticks back then, you know, a big brass knob on the top. Whack, 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 whack. And, uh, you know, he cracked his head open. And, you know, so, and this happened on the Senate floor. Now, what I'm concerned about, and I like what I like the analogy you're making, but I want to focus in on something because this is a concern to me. Because, you know, we, we, we teach our children not to behave this way. And they see everything we see. And we joke around and we, you know, we talk about things when we're grown. And they're, you know, children are like sponges. And not every child has a great household that they're coming from. And we really need to be careful. The, the leaders need to be careful about what they do and what they say because this jackass, redneck, cracker ass motherfucker, Mark Wayne, I was born in the trail of Mullen. He had the audacity, instead of cooling off, he had the audacity in an interview post this incident and say with a straight face to this reporter, oh, well, sometimes you got to fight. You got to, sometimes you just do it. Now I'm paraphrasing, but in other words, he was saying, yeah, this is what I need to do. Something you got, this is what you have to do sometimes, which might be true sometimes, but not on the Senate floor. It might be true if you catch somebody stealing something from your yard and they threaten you. That's different. And that's really not okay either. But it happens. But we're talking about professional people. Now, he has he can talk all the shit he wants about other people, but he has lowered the bar. He has made this country, just like Trump, look like shit. And once again, they're projecting, like just when Trump would talk about those countries down there, you know, with the tan suits, you know, the, the South American countries, their shithole. That's exactly what he turned us into. I'm not trying to rant, but that was no, very, I, I, I don't, was I, don't, I, don't I don't, I don't discount you. I want to go, I want to go back though, because people know about the yeah, Sumner and please. Brooks incident. I think it's helpful to know the to know the background of it because I, I'm it, too deep into it. I guess yeah. Yeah, it was know. it was May the twenty second, eighteen fifty six. The union would fall completely apart in another four years, and blood would pour. But it all started uh, on uh, May the nineteenth, eighteen fifty six. Massachusetts abolitionist senator, uh, a Republican, Charles Sumner, gave an address in the Senate on what it was. It became known as the "Crime Against Kansas" speech, and it was the issue of whether Kansas should be admitted as a free or slave state. Well, in that speech, he called out two Democratic senators, the first being Stephen Douglas of Illinois, whom Abraham Lincoln had debated in the previous election cycle, and a guy named Andrew Butler of South Carolina, 
And, uh, you know, you being there and, and having worked in the area I know you worked in, I'm not surprised you're familiar with this. Uh, mm-hmm. To his face, Charles Sumner referred to Stephen Douglas as a noisome, squat, and nameless animal, not a proper model for an American senator. Amer- uh, uh, Andrew Butler wasn't there, and uh, what Charles Sumner did is he... he uh, well, he, he, he excoriated the chivalry, the South Carolina chivalry, the Southern chivalry of a gentleman, and referred to him as having taken, quote, a mistress who, though ugly to others, is always lovely to him, though polluted in the sight of the world, is chaste in his sight. I mean, the harlot. Slavery. Mm. Slavery. And so Preston Brooks wasn't even a member of the Senate. He was a member of the House. But he was kinfolks, you see, uh, with Andrew Butler. And his southern chivalry called for him to stand up for the honor and dignity of his enslavement adoring kinsman. Can you imagine? Well, this was an era when they were calling themselves out to a little field over across the river in Maryland and shooting at each other. But this chivalrous southerner, Brooks, walked into the Senate chamber. He had gone apparently all, you know, you got to go all the way across the Capitol building to get from the House to the Senate. That's a long walk. That's a lot of ground right there. Yeah, it kind of is. And uh, he carried a walking stick with a solid brass head. And without so much as warning Sumner, Brooks walked up behind him and smashed his skull with the brass head of his stick and continued to beat him in the head with the stick. He came at him from behind, like the coward that he was, and no one would, no one, no one was there to stop him. The onlookers just stood there and was like, "Well, I'll be damned," and then let Sumner just walk right back out. Uh, Brooks tried to protect himself, but it was impossible because he was barely conscious and bleeding profusely. It would take uh, a long time for Sumner to recover, but he would eventually continue to serve the state of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for another 18 years in the Senate. Brooks, on the other hand, resigned from Congress, and the, the white men of South Carolina immediately reelected him to his district. The House tried to censure him, but the vote failed. Dig that, Todd. A man committed attempted murder of a sitting U.S. senator 
and his own colleagues in the House of Representatives gave him a pass. So he was reelected, but shortly thereafter, Brooks died at the age of 37. He never even saw the beginning of the Civil War for which he so hungered. Started, of course, let's remember, by his fellow South Carolinians, uh, led by Pierre Gustave Toutain Beauregard of Louisiana. You know, you colorized my rant like so well through. Well, I, uh, once upon a time, I did color commentary on high school football broadcasts. So, yeah. I, I mean, you just illustrated the whole event. I could, I could see, I could see like, like, the, like you said, a solid. That's what I, I mean. You know, that's 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 foul. I mean, it was, it, it, it was a blunt instrument weapon. Surprised there wasn't a sword inside the cane. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was common. Oh, that was common. But being being the being the southern coward that he was, Brooks couldn't go in and just whack him on the face with a gauntlet and say, "I will see you on the field of honor, sir." Instead, he ambushed him. You know, kind of like a modern uh, Second Amendment remedy guy opening up on unsuspecting citizens in a school or a movie theater or a grocery store. Sounds like a maggot. Yeah. And, and, and uh, just just to re- remind folks, just you know, just real quick, um, I I was thinking about it, and I you know, I can't. I I, I was trying to think how many times I said we should have stopped at the Charlottesville for about one or two days and just like reevaluate and get some education. I think that's been I've said that years ago. I, it's countless times I mentioned. I tried to count. I couldn't. I couldn't count. And, and, you know, the reason I bring that up is that, you know, we do have a mentally ill fascist who is poised to take over the White House because of our corrupted slave system, the electoral college. And uh, I think it's shocking why the media is not every day, they need to mention every day that that Sydney Powell weirdo woman Whatever her name is, Sydney. Is that her last name, Powell? Mm-hmm. The Kraken lawyer. The Kraken. Just oh, there's so much noise. There's so much. There's so much malfeasance. It's hard to focus. But this is this is critical. Tunnel in on this. She and a cohort had the audacity to walk into a polling place in a rural Georgia area and just tamper with the machines like it was okay. While they're pointing their fingers and talking about all these people voting and the immigrants and this and that, oh, we can't hear blah blah blah. And meanwhile, they are the biggest criminals on the face of this planet in terms of democracy. I know what you're trying to do right here. You're trying to set up the, the Jehoshaphat clip, aren't you? Well, I could be from this I? morning. I think you are. Now I confess. Actually, I what? I, I, I confess. <laughs> I, I got started. They had some coverage of the of the uh, meeting between Xi Jinping and Biden. I was like, okay. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Joe went off on his 
Israelis good, Palestinians bad rant. And the and 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 as I sat there watching it, I, I remembered what he had described in the past about how uh, Mika's daddy, Zbigniew Brzezinski, had actually said to him at one point in time something along the lines of, "You have no grasp of international relations, diplomacy, or politics whatsoever, do you, Joe?" You, sir, are ignorant. And so that was, but later on, he got a little bit better. Did you just say what I thought you said? You are ignorant? I mean, I think that's what, I think that's what Zbigniew Brzezinski said to him. Was this when when they were courting or when they were married? I I think this was during, maybe this was during the courtship. Yeah. And maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe Zvig was hoping that his baby girl could do better. Uh, then, you know, than some former member of the Contract on America gang. But then, lo and behold, uh, Joe, like I said, I think you were setting up the clip because talking about all the madness taking place in Congress, he drew a not wrong conclusion military for more than a few years and they will tell you it was their spouse that kept things going because they kept up uh, you know the household made sure the kids were okay when when a person in uniform was going all over the world and these spouses would they're going to be transferred and moved they get jobs in new communities Yes. And there's so many people who have lost those jobs because that guy right there trying to make Tommy the a tuber. stupid political a point that hurts America. Yes, yeah, so you have all of that, and then you have the United States Senate, instead of staying for an extra day to vote approval on this, they've fled town for Thanksgiving vacation while there are mili- hundreds of military families <sighs> Still is Thanksgiving this what, what is Thanksgiving today? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Is it past the turkey? No. It's next week. It's not. It's oh, okay. But so, they're gone. Wait a second. But yeah, they left for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Last night. That's yeah. early. Yeah. Instead of sticking around, they had a week. They could have stayed one day and voted and voted. Yeah. And gotten. Yeah. The, the, the military to help they so desperately. Fairness, they're all hitchhiking home, so it takes oh, a while. Oh, I get it. Depends, you. yeah, if you catch one. I didn't rides. know that. Um, I will quote Donnie Deutsch, uh, really? Se- Senator Dan Sullivan, who is a Republican, United States Marine, who's calling what Tuberville is doing now a, quote, national security suicide mission. And he says, look, Senator Tuberville, I'm with you on abortion. But this is, he calls, the wrong target. This is the wrong timing in a dangerous world. So even... The most conservative Republicans are saying this is ludicrous and it has to stop. And yet, you know, we said the dam broke a couple of weeks ago when all these Republicans started speaking out about it. Tuberville's still standing in the door. Because it's the Republican stunt playbook. And here's the formula. You, you do something that will get cameras pointed at you, no matter how stupid it is, whether it's threatening to punch out uh, a, a, a somebody else in Congress. What you do is you go something to so extreme and so stupid, you're Matt Gates that you get cameras, and then you get fundraising, and then you get money, and this is the playbook, and it's the idiocy Republican stunt playbook. Well, the problem is, Eddie, that you have, if you're a Republican, 
and you're trying to get things done, right. if you're Kay Granger and you're running the Appropriations Committee, uh, or if you're Mike McCall and you're running uh, the Foreign Affairs Committee and you want to get things done, you're not getting them done. And you know you're not getting them done because clowns are doing this so they can get $25 donations from across the country because they use their gestures, sometimes while they're gesturing uh, on, on the House floor, they use their gestures to raise money, to get TikTok clicks, to do the very things that have nothing to do with actually being a responsible United States member of the House or the Senate. Right, and it gives us a sense of the, date, the nature of the trouble we face as a country, this kind of cynical approach that's self-interested that harms everyday ordinary folk who are defending our country and ultimately harms the country itself. And Andy so Glock it lets Jr. us know that we, we, have a, we have a dearth of folk who are actually interested in being statesmen and stateswomen, yeah. but who are only interested in themselves and securing power for themselves. It gives us a sense of the depth of the problem we face as yeah. a nation. And Mika, you know, it's fascinating. Yeah. This only happens when Republicans are in charge. Ding! <laughs> Never happened with Nancy Pelosi. It never did. So what message are these people, these backbenchers? And Lindsay was talking about it last night. Yes, it's hurting the country. Yes, it's hurting the military. It's also really damaging to the Republican Party. Again, I will say it again. I won't say the dates. They've lost elections seven consecutive right. years in a row. Just a quick question. When is the, you know, that the, they're harming the Republican Party? When is the last time that a fa firebug worried about which building he was burning down? It's all about the fire, isn't it? That's about it. But I was, I was glad, you know, I was glad Eddie Glaude Jr. was on the panel this morning because, you know, the IQ of the place goes up dramatically every time he's there. I wonder what it would be like to have one of, uh, uh, to take one of his classes at Princeton. I don't know, but since you brought it up, uh, and I caught a little bit of it, and I, I, I just remember, I mean, this, this whole October 7th thing really, Donnie Deutsch took it really hard. Like, he looked disheveled. He was actually on TV. He, he, somebody should have told him, yo. Yeah, October, October 7th was fucking heartbreaking. It's horror. Well, and and nobody nobody's out there. No, I don't think anybody's out there saying you know good on you, Hamas. I haven't seen those people yet. Well, that's what I that's what I want to know. Where where are these pro Hamas? Like I don't understand them. How can you be pro terrorist? I, I really I'm not seeing that. Yeah, not and what it, he said. No, please go. No, I was just and and I saw all the you know all, all the coverage of the IDF saying, look, we found some guns, you know. As they invaded the hospital, they had to walk past babies on uh, dying inside unpowered ventilator uh, uh, incubators. They had to walk past people trying to recover from surgery that they'd just been through without any anesthesia. They had to do all of that to say, "Look, we found some guns." And I, I read more to, and, 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 and and I and I uh, look. I, I, you know, the, you know, they, 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 you know, they only allow the reporters to see what they want them to see. That's propaganda. You know that, right? Well, sure, sure, absolutely. 
But I don't want to get into the overall topic here, but I saw today where Israel's now, you know, first they said, okay, you need to get out of the northern part of Gaza and you need to go to the southern part of Gaza. Now they're saying get out of the southern part of Gaza. That's the second or third time they've done that. Yeah, what, I don't what, what, I mean, either, what's the answer then? Y'all go, go and, here. It'll be safe. Right. Oh, you no. found it. Okay. You said it will be safe. Yeah, right. Get out of the northern part. Okay. They get out of the northern part. They go to the southern part. They say, get out of the southern part. What are they supposed to do? Walk into the ocean? That's the whole plan. Don't you get it? That's the plan. Yeah, yeah I do. And it makes me feel really, really sick and gross. But I, I didn't necessarily I didn't necessarily want to go there. But you're you're right, Donnie. There are a lot of people in this country who are absolutely devastated by what happened on October the seventh, and there are a lot of people in this country who are absolutely devastated watching friends and family members being slaughtered by American supplied uh, guided munitions and American supplied weaponry and high technology uh, the, 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 uh, explosives. Watching apartment buildings and hospital buildings rattled to their foundations and then crumbling into a pile of dust. See, I'm glad you're getting granular, and, and I just want to go right back real quick because that's that's what I, I'm trying to understand what, what you're talking about. I'll go right back real quick to uh, Miss Mr. Deutsch said today because it was near the end of when he was sitting next to uh, Professor Gloud. And you know you could see they had they had, you know, they weren't really agreeing. You could tell, and that's okay. They were they were having discourse, and but then you know, Deutsch said, you know, criticizing Israel is anti-Semitic, and Eddie said, no, no, it's not. And he said, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I knew we were getting to this point. See, we cannot get to the point where you cannot have criticism. We're talking about the policies of Israel. We're not talking about Israelis. We're talking about the policy of Israel. And they do operate an apartheid system, apartheid. Absolutely, it's the truth. It's complicated because they do have Palestinians and Arabs living in Israel. That, that is true. But there's also a second track. And they talk about, will we give them work permits? You know, why do they have Pretoria South African people on their Ministry of Defense? See, this is what, and I'm going to tell you something. I've been following Amy Goodman for some time. And she was the one I first learned about where you have airmen for uh, IDF, you know, from Israeli Air Force people defecting because they know exactly what the plan is and they're not down with that. They, they you know, you know, just like our Air Force, of course, you know, they're, edu- they're really, you know, it's top level folks. It's hard to get into the Air Force. And, and they're defecting, they're, you know, getting out. It's, it's very contentious. Remember, when, when uh, BB got in, Kevin McCarthy, remember all those votes? Well, imagine that, but 100 times worse. That, that, that's the only reason BB's in there. You see, and, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry at all about this stuff. That's what I do. So, you know, it was very contentious, and Israel is very, it's just like us. Now, remember, early on, I said, you know, we're, we're kind of myopic. Now, people, you don't want to be viewed, when, when Trump was president, did you want to be viewed as a Trumpite just because you're an American and, and, and Trump was president? You know, Bibi doesn't represent all Israelis. 
you got this militant no, people. And, and, no, and in, in point of fact, there is more open dissent and open discussion and open debate in Israel than there is in the United States. Absolutely. Uh, the, that, you know, Randy, exactly. Randy, Randy Radar just said, I wanted to hear the Palestinian side of the story, but that wasn't really possible in America. To do that doesn't mean that a person is pro-Hamas or anti-Semitic. I'm telling you, you know what? Please attend to BBC. The BBC can even be sketchy. I mean, they're, they're, but there are international outlets that are discussing things with considerably more balance. Um, uh, Matt in San Francisco just said, I, I heard an IDF spokesman calling for all countries of the world to open their borders to Palestinians, saying there are 178 ah. or so countries. If every country took a few thousand, then the Palestinians could get started on a new life in a new country. I'm not kidding, Matt says. I was like, uh, sounds like they really just want all the Palestinians gone. No, that's what they want. It doesn't just sound like that. That's what they want. Uh, they, I saw that, Matt. That this no, is, I saw the dude. He yeah. dark, greasy hair. Yo, I saw him. Because Israel needs some Lebensraum. But but the way he said it, he was just like they think it's funny. Remember, people don't want to talk about it. But up and they don't want to talk about it now because of the war. But they would always talk about, oh, we need to mow the lawn. <laughs> I mean, they have the highest weapons weapons in the they world. They have they ha- they okay. they also have one of the most uh, thoroughly trained, uh, modern equipped militaries on earth. And they could, you know, they they could have gone in and taken out Hamas without bombing hospitals. You know, at first, they, they, you know, they uh, oh no, that was a, that was a Palestinian rocket that went. Oh, they rocketed their own hospital by accident, and then went ahead and bombed some hospitals and said, yeah, but it, th- those hospitals needed bombing. They needed bombing. Can you bring me back to this thing? Let's, let's think and, about well, I, this. I, wanna, uh, I, I desperately want to get away from the topic because... I know. Because it, nobody's it's, happy it's with just, this. It's, but it's, I feel the carnage in the ether. Man. There's so much death. And it's, it's, I feel it. It's in the ether. It's, it's just awful. Really, you don't understand when that, you see that gray dust? That's, that's vaporization. That means people have been vaporized. That, that, when you see that gray dust... Yeah, that's not just that's not just dust. No, there's there's pe- there's some people in that dust. Sure. And by the way, the living people who survived the bla- the bombing are breathing that dust, and they will be sick, and they will get cancer, and they will die. It'll just take a while. But you know, they just well, that's got what cancer. they want. I mean, we've got. You some won't e- even know that was that was. You want that, that's going to be a resort. Listen, that's prime real estate. They're on the sea right there. Are you kidding me? This, I'm telling you right now what's going to happen. 20 years, you won't even know. Really, Palestinians never heard of them. Right. What are you talking Where'd about? Where'd all the Palestinians go? What Palestinians? <laughs> because remember, there it is a talking point, and I, I, I find it I, ah. I, I find it just nauseating. There are people who, well-respected people, you know, publishers and the like, and opinion leaders who have said there is no such thing as a Palestinian. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What kind of ignorant-ass shit is that? I know Palestinians. That's there's crazy. Just, there's just Arabs. There's has no he such... not been to North Brunswick, New Jersey? Has he been to no, New Jersey? No, no, hold, no, hold off. Hold off. The argument being they're all just Arabs. You know, basically, they all look alike to me. Oh, we know who says that. 
There's a certain, wow, yeah, well, that's what they say. And then he spit on the ground. I mean, it's maddening. It's just, it's just maddening. But I need to send out a huge thank you to Joan. Thank you, Joan, so very much. Uh, you, you did a great thing. Uh, Thursday what? is Thursday is fully funded. Last, wow. Thursday, not this Thursday, not tonight. Last Thursday is fully funded. Thank you so much, Joan. Um, and uh, Ralph's tiny kittens challenge has been met. So we went from 13:30 to uh, 11:80 to no, I mean 12:80 to 11:80 to 1100. We uh, we're now $1,100, uh, and so we are into Fridays, into getting Friday funded. Um, at uh, I think you you're going to get most of that wiped up. We got tomorrow. we got 200 to go on on last Friday. And thank you, Joan. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Joan's a big deal. And thank you, Ralphs, for the challenge. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to. I want to go. Uh, I, we're we're running out of time, as we often do. And I want to go back to the stupidity in the in the house. <clears throat> not not just because I need a giggle. This is not that funny. But it just so happens that. Um, uh, queens, the, the queen of the sportfoots, and that's sportfoots, not sport feet. I know words. The queen of the sportfoots also sits on the same committee as uh, 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 Clay Higgins, who knows about the ghost buses. And so she took a run at Christopher Ray. Who boy. It's. This will probably wind up closing the program, Todd. Try. Uh, you might want to go ahead and grab the hockey puck and the duct tape. Recognize the gentlelady no, from really? Georgia, Miss Green, for five minutes of questioning. Secretary Mayorkas, I want you to look. Oh, sorry, uh, uh, Secretary Mayorkas. But then she's going to get sideways with Christopher Ray. These innocent Americans. Do you see them? I do, Congresswoman. They are dead. They're from Dalton, Georgia, in my district. They're dead because a 17-year-old, likely affiliated with the cartels, was smuggling illegal aliens into our country in Texas, breaking our laws. And this happens every single day in our country. Earlier this week, eight Republicans joined the Democrats and protected your job. But I want you to know, you have a short time coming. You can honorably. Yeah, what, wait, what, what does that mean? A short time coming. And, uh, you know, eight Republicans joined and protected your job. She doesn't even understand how impeachment works, does she? I mean, she got no. out there and defended Nitwit Nero through two impeachments. He was impeached. But he doesn't lose his job if Sporkfoot and the other maggots Im- impeach him in the House. It goes to the Senate for a trial where he will not be convicted by two-thirds of the Senate gathered in session to uh, serving as uh, the jury on the trial of the impeachment. It simply won't happen. Not even if Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin join with the, with the, with the Republicans. Because that number is 67. 
But she, she, that's too complicated for her. She, she's so on. she is so damn dumb. <laughs> that, but, but, she, but see, the thing is, she'll turn this video around and fundraise on it. Resign. They made fun of me. We are going to impeach you, and it's happening very, very soon. Mr. Ray, do you remember on October 18th when the Capitol complex uh, was illegally occupied, breaking same laws that you have hunted down Americans for from January 6th? Are you familiar with this? I don't recognize the picture that you're holding. Well, because maybe your agents haven't been doing a good job into investigating the organizers that broke the law, illegally occupied this very building that we're sitting in right now. Only they didn't. She's trying. She's trying. She's so desperate to equate uh, that rally organized by Jewish Voice for Peace. I might add, she'll never mention that with January sixth. But there was no bear spray, Todd. There were no flagpoles used as spears. Uh, there was no poopy smeared in the ro- in, in the rotunda of the Capitol. Uh, no. Now, and over 300 of them were arrested. Some of them attacked police officers. I haven't seen on the news where the FBI is hunting them down with helicopters, tanks in the streets, raiding their homes with flashbangs targeting these people, watching these people, throwing them in jail for them to stay in pre-trial in solitary confinement for years before they ever face trial. You want to know what this says? I'll tell you. This is one of the organizers. No, he doesn't want to know. He's listening to a crazy person. Phones. And this is a chat. And it says at the top, Global Intifada. Now, while we're talking about terrorism today, are you familiar with the term intifada? Uh, I've certainly heard the term. Do you know the definition? I'm not going to try to define it. but It means Arab uprising or jihad. Are you concerned about jihad in this no, country? No, it actually doesn't. I am, and I have consistently testified to that effect. Yes, but are you interested in using the, the FBI? You are the director of the FBI. Do you hunt down terrorists in our country, those that would be responsible for jihad? Absolutely, and that's Jihad. why we jihadist-inspired terrorism Jihad. at our highest national threat priority level since the day that I started as FBI director. Do you still use the Southern Poverty Law Center as a source? You, you use them. The FBI used the Southern Poverty Law Center as a source when targeting Catholics. Are you still using the Southern Poverty Law Center as a source? Congresswoman, what I think you're referring to is the so-called Richmond intelligence product, uh, which we, as soon as I learned about it, I was horrified, withdrew it. We had an inspection done, and part of the problem that we found with that particular product, that particular office, is precisely what you're talking about, the reliance on uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center and the way in which they relied on it. Well, you relied on the Southern Poverty Law Center, but I would have you know, Mr. Ray, that... This one right here, this person involved in the global Intifada group that illegally, they broke the law, came in and occupied the Cannon Office House building, interrupted Congress, interrupted hearings. Right here, Katrina Bleakley is the lead attorney for the Southern Poverty Law Center. Were you aware of this? Uh, Congresswoman, as I said, I haven't seen the photos that you're holding up uh, before. Maybe, well, I posted them on my Twitter account. It's, it's public. You know, maybe I don't you guys spend are, a lot of time on Twitter. Well, you know, you, you sh- oh, I'm sure you do. 
where's the objection? I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter. I don't follow your ramblings and your ravings. Because the Department of Homeland Security, organized with other offices, has censored many Americans, including myself. I'm not me, part of the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, right, Mr. Ray, you should. You should. <laughs> I'm not part of the Department that of was, Homeland that Security. Was it. I'm with the Department. I'm with the Department of Justice. I'm the director of the FBI, sweetie. Be a, you should be interested in investigating terrorism, and this right here is proof that we had terrorists in our own office building, Global Intifada, and you rely on the Southern Poverty Law Centers. Katrina Bleakley is one of the organizers. I'll no, he doesn't rely on the Southern Poverty Law Center, but you know, she's an idiot, so it doesn't slow her down. I mean, he's already testified. Some could could somebody up there on the dais say uh, Jackson asked and answered? I, I guess not. And you know, she is free under the speech and debate clause to slander him any way she wants to. But the speech and debate clause does not extend to Elon Musk's rattle trap social media platform. And granted, he's a public figure, but whether as we found out with uh, Dominion, whether or not. She is defaming him, even under the New York Times versus Sullivan and its progeny, is a jury question. I'll send this over to your office so maybe perhaps you can stop targeting innocent grandmothers and veterans who walked through the Capitol on January 6th. That's all they did. They were just innocent grandmothers and veterans, and they... Walked through the Capitol on January 6th. Granted, one of them needed to stop and take a dump in the rotunda, but, you know, who among us have not been hit with the profound urge to take a dump and there'd be no restroom facilities nearby? And who, who among us, lacking TP, have not smeared it on the walls of the Capitol of the United States? I ask you, Director Ray, who among us has not? And might, after, might actually go after people tied to Hamas, tied to Hezbollah, and likely Iran. Mr. Ray, are you interested in members of Congress that are that are organized and participating in a Facebook group that has ties to Hamas? Uh, we're not investigating people for participating in a Facebook group. A, a Facebook group that is tied to Hamas? We have multiple investigations into individuals affiliated with Hamas uh, and their active investigations. You're going to tell me as FBI director you will not investigate Americans or United States members of Congress that are linked to known terrorists? That's not what I said. Are you going to investigate or not? We are going to investigate individuals who are affiliated with Hamas if they meet our standards for predication, which are longstanding standards set by uh, this department and the prior department and the department before that. I would hope to God that Intifada and Jihad and terrorists in our very country would be something that you would prioritize instead of a three-hour event that happened at the Capitol nearly four years ago, Mr. Ray. I yield back my time, Mr. Chairman. The gentlelady yields. I now recognize... Oh, God, a three-hour tour. You know. know what? Wait a minute. This woman is in a seat of power. Mm, I know. I, the, the, the same thing. I go through that, yeah. I go, I go through the I same do. litany, and, and it always leads us back to the same place. What in God's name 
is wrong with the people of the 13th Congressional District of Georgia? Is it just is I mean I, I don't know what the percentage numbers were for her last uh, for her reelection this last time through in uh, 22. I wonder what the stay home numbers are. I wonder what the mm-hmm. actual percentage of voter turnout was of registered voters in that district. And then I'd like go. to know I, I'd I'd like to actually have a number. I'd, I'd like to know the population of the 13th Congressional District of Georgia. And then I'd like to know how many votes she won by over her competition and what that number represents as a percentage of the total voting age population of the 13th District of Georgia. And I think we would learn a lot from that data. I think you're correct. Uh, that's northern Georgia. If I, it's not that far from here, I don't think. Well, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think Rome is the biggest uh, population center in the 13th district. Okay, so that's pretty out there. It's pretty rural, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've uh, you know that 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 little northwest corner of Georgia that has the little tiny little geographical zit that the. Yeah, that you know, the Tennessee, Tennessee dips down into yeah, and then you're in Alabama. But it is, it's it's very rural. That, but I like I like the way you broke down the stat. That that right, the the, the number of of the population number one, and then registered voters, and you know what is. How, how many? How many people? Like over over a period of time, like a longitudinal way, want to see? Let's say over over two cycles, so you can see a trend. And um, you see, really longer than that, you really want to see? Oh, that would be beautiful. I would say if you do ten cycles, you can. Then, if you do ten cycles, you can see, you can mirror that over who was running at the time, and see what was really going on in people's minds. Yeah, as um, as Randy Radar points out, uh, jihad mm-hmm. roughly translates as struggle or overcoming challenges in Arabic, and Randy Radar is correct. And please don't anybody tell, or maybe go ahead and tell or tell Sporkfoot that the word jihad figures rather prominently in Frank Herbert's uh, science fiction classic Dune. Well. In, in fact, the the, the the Dune civilization uh, arises out of what is referred to in the backstory to Dune as the Butlerian Jihad. Mm. But you know, God knows if Marge, oh, that would be funny. Somebody should troll yeah. her with a with a passage from Dune using the word Jihad. Now, now, how is Dune related? I got two. I have two questions. Uh, first, is related to Spark uh, Sporkfoot, because uh, what is that character from Lord of the Rings that has the funny feet? It's like he's like um, he's nasty looking. He's, oh, you talking about Gollum? Gollum. Well, I mean, Gollum, got- Gollum. Gollum is from a race of people <laughs> who are vaguely related to the hobbits, and hobbits are known for having. Tough, leathery, hairy feet. 
So when you say Bigfoot, and I see her, she's like a little troll lady. Like that. Yeah, one of these days she'll start talking, and then she'll interrupt herself and say, "Boom." Yeah. <laughs> I pray. Oh God. Oh, she is so incredibly stupid and emphatic about her stupidity. Breathtakingly stupid. Breathtakingly stupid. I wish this is our this is our life. This is messed up. Oh my god. Yeah. What's going to become of us? Uh, I'm I'm still working on the numbers. Uh, thank you for sending that to me, uh, Ralphs. I can't open it because it's paywalled. But I, I haven't given up, and we'll run a. a uh, Run a couple of minutes extra because I missed work yesterday. What's going on? Oh, I I just um, I had to have the new rim put on the on the car. Mm. Let's see, she's forty nine years old. Um, she went to high school. This should tell you a bit. Uh, at South Forsyth High School, graduating in nineteen ninety two. Uh, you might recall Forsyth County was where the big Klan march and counter march was in the late 80s. Oh. Yeah, because it was a uh, sundown county. Oh, uh, that was like one of the last Klan marches. Yeah. Yeah, she. Uh, oh, God, she has three children. Um. Yeah, I'm sorry, I keep saying the 13th. It's the 14th Congressional District. Basically, it encompasses... It, it, it looks like a... It, it looks like sort of a dysmorphic Alabama. It, or, or maybe a, mm. the, the district looks kind of like a, oh, a prehistoric tomahawk. Mm. And... Uh, Uh, let's see, it's 59.72% urban, 40.2% rural, 77.5% white, 10.8% Hispanic, 8.9% black, 1.4% uh, multiracial, 1% Asian. Um. Hmm. Uh, in 20... Uh, hold on here. Let me get um, there were 258,351 votes cast out of a population of 779,321. Mm, that's like a, third, a little under a third. Yeah, it's close, probably closer to a quarter. A quarter. Um, of that, 100, oh, right, 100, right. 170,000 people voted for her. 88,000 people voted for her um, competition. She won by uh, slightly less than two-thirds. Hmm. But basically... That's a lot. A That's a lot. 170,000 people put her in office 
in a county, or in a district rather, in a district of 779,000. Now that's, that's the key stat right there. Minority rule, right. Now I'm, I'm, I'm going to write this down. You said 170,000. 179,000 votes. 139,000. What did I say? Mm-hmm. 170,000 votes in 2022 mm-hmm. out of a population of 779,000. Okay. Now, some of those people are not mm-hmm. of voting age. Some people right. may not be able to vote, you know, because of the draconian laws about you know, right. felons and whatnot. You know, that that could be a whole, uh, someone could do a nice little documentary about that. I, I mean, I'm giving someone a nice idea, a producer who has resources to fund that, that, because this is, this is how we got to where we are. You know, we, we should not, you know, we should not be looking at people who come to fisticuffs and right now. Oh, I think, I, yeah, look, I think, I think if, uh, Marge could have crawled across the dais, she probably would have tried to chew the face off of Christopher Ray. So I don't know. Todd, it's been a great conversation. I appreciate you. I, I appreciate you too. I, I really enjoy every time we talk. You know, you'll be here for me and I want to say hi to everybody. You know, I can't parents and Jude and everybody and, yeah, well, Jude, uh, uh, Jude said, as my nephew Bill, a retired teacher, always states, it's the end of an empire. I listen, yet continue to house a light, not mine, but something far more greater in my understanding. Be well, everyone. Signed, Jude. Thank you, Jude. You be well as well, dear. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I hope, pe- I hope people don't misinterpret some of the things we talk about, because I, I, I'm just, I speak out of history. It's just history, and unfortunately, people are trying to rewrite history, just like in here. It's unfortunate. Yeah. So, all right. You take Uh, care. I'm going to get off. You too. Oh, by the way, I thought I'd tell you, uh, uh, my friends at Maggie's are doing Friendsgiving on the 20th, Mm -hmm. and uh, we've been invited, and... Oh, and I decided that I'm going to bring as our contribution. Uh, I'm going to bring uh, homemade red beans and rice made with Kaneka. Everybody's gonna love that. Lots and lots of Kaneka. It's firmly packed. Yes. So um, that's that's kind of a cheap way of saying there probably won't be a show on Monday evening. Well, you know what? Everybody needs a break. Uh, I don't think that, that such words have never been truer. And, um, yeah, you know, and I know we're getting off the phone, but you know what? Uh, I saw this lady today. I was leaving a store 
And I could tell she was like military or married military. And of course she was, because I talked with her for a second. Because she kept saying, yes, sir, no, sir. I said, you know, I said, I'm not in the military. She said, you don't have to say that. I'm not in the military. I said, I think you are, though. She said, no, my husband is. He's right over there. And, you know, we started talking, and I was like, it's a shame the way. See, a lot of people don't understand about what Tupperville did. The military has a process. Just because this bullshit's going on with our lawmakers, the military has structure and they have rules. Yes. And if you don't move forward, it's not like the private sector. If you don't move up in the ranks, you got to go. I, there's so much. It's, it's like this kid must be, because somebody must be paying him. or he, Either he's too ignorant to be doing what he's doing or someone is paying him to disrupt. I said, yeah, it, 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 it feels like it's one or the other. A little bit of semi-breaking news. A judge in San Francisco has found David DePape guilty both for the attempted kidnapping of Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the assault on her husband Paul with a hammer. Hmm. Uh, and apparently he wept through the process. Uh, this was federal court. He had pled not guilty, but he had basically admitted what he had done. How did he get to federal court? Well, uh, his uh, federal public defender said, "Well, David, my client did something that was really horrible, but he shouldn't have been charged. He shouldn't have been charged federally because he was only trying to kidnap Nancy Pelosi as an individual, not trying to disrupt the Congress." Well, that's what I'm saying. That, that's tricky there. That's a state crime. That's not federal. No, I think no, I'm, I'm, I feel pretty good about the state well, because crime she's, aspect. Okay. But anyway, okay. you have a wonderful evening. <laughs> you too. Good times. And, yeah. I'm, always. All right. And, uh, be well. Okay. See you. All right. See you, Todd. Bye. And just a couple of things to wrap up. A little bit of semi-good news. It's always nice to close with some of that. Um, our most puissant dread sovereign supreme Catholic majesties today refused to tolerate an attempt by the state of Florida to fast track its uh, drag ban, which had been enjoined by a lower federal court judge. So they went uh, pissing and moaning to the Supreme Court, Florida did, saying, but it's an emergency. And uh, the Supreme Court was having none of it. The majority of the court said, no, it isn't. We'll let this thing play out through the entire process. And then, uh, and, and, and then you know, when it gets to us, we'll make a decision. Uh, two, uh, uh, two of the uh, maggot side of the court, namely uh, uh Beer drinking b -b 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 brat Kavanaugh and Amy Covid Barrett said they jo they joined the majority. So that's Katanji Brown Jackson, Elena Kagan, Sonia Sotomayor, uh, Old Balls and Strikes, and then uh, I think that, that doesn't add up to three. Okay, no. Uh, so it was five to four, I guess. Hard to say. I'm looking at the Washington Post story. But anyway, uh, 
uh, Brat and Amy Covid Barrett said just because they wouldn't uh, let the law go into effect doesn't say anything about whether they personally think it's a matter it, 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 that uh, drag performances are First Amendment or protected First Amendment speech. That's not a good sign. Uh, but uh, uh, Clarence Pubes on the Coke Can, Fappy Thomas, Sammy Bad Breath Alito, and Ann's boy Neil Gorsuch all said, "Yeah, we'd 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 uh, we'd let it go into effect." Because fuck the First Amendment if it ain't got nothing to do with the church. Jesus. But at least it's going to get at least it's going to get a full hearing and a full federal court process. And then there's this: uh, stay out of uh, any, any members of the LGBTQ community need to stay out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. They have begun, even though there is a lawsuit seeking injunction against it, uh, Murfreesboro is putting into effect its ordinance passed in June that makes two queer people holding hands a crime. Uh, The city code says that uh, there can't be any indecent exposure, public indecency, lewd behavior, nudity, or sexual conduct. And according to another section of the Murfreesboro City Code, sexual conduct includes homosexuality, period. So holding hands, a kiss. And as punishment for violation of the ordinance... Anyone cited as having violated it will be barred by the operation of law from hosting public events or selling goods and services at public events for two years. If it's done, if they, if the conduct is in the presence of minors, it's five years. This is an attempt to disappear the LGBTQ community from the public streets of Murfreesboro. And as a result of it, they're going, uh, they're going through the library in Murfreesboro, pulling books off the shelf because they might violate the ordinance against homosexuality. It has pretty much riled up the uh, city. The county library board has pulled Flamer, Let's Talk About It, Queerfully and Wonderfully Made, and This Book is Gay from the shelves. This is full-on fascism. And uh, there's a you know, th- th- there's a series of books out there, A Song of Ice and Fire. And it's got lots of heterosexual conduct in it. And the question is, okay, is that, is that, is, but, but, okay, so it's okay to do hetero stuff. And I mention all of this 
because uh, in, in in another case of uh, getting something right again, and we'll just again, I've got some time to make up from yesterday. Uh, the man that Todd refers to as Jehoshaphat. Well, he got this one right, too. Calling out the moms for liberty. Sit, liberty, sit. Terminated Roe v. Wade? Exactly. And we saw those Dobbs dads, what, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago in Kentucky. We saw them in Virginia. We saw them in that ballot initiative in Ohio. Another interesting element of that poll and some others that came out yesterday, John, is that this is for people worried about Joe Biden, is that Donald Trump, really is the best opponent for Joe Biden. These other head-to-head matchups, Ron DeSantis leads by more than Donald Trump would. Uh, Nikki Haley. Oh, wow. Massively way ahead over Joe Biden in one national poll. So Donald Trump, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be close. We already know that. But he very well may be the best chance for Joe Biden to be reelected. And that's sort of always been the case. Even before the 2022 midterms, talking to White House strategists and those who want to get Joe Biden a second term, we're like, well, Donald Trump's the guy we want to see. We want to see him. We right. think that's who we're going to see. That's also who we're going to see. And Republicans had that had that choice. I mean, they still do. No votes have been cast yet. But right now, Trump is up 30, 40 percent in every single GOP poll. So certainly, it looks like it will be him. And the, the Biden team feels they know it'll be close, but they feel pretty good about that, in part because they know, just like in 2020, there may not be a groundswell of support for Joe Biden, but there will be a groundswell of support right. against Donald Trump and for certain issues, particularly abortion rights. You know, let's just, what is today? Uh, what what year are we in? <laughs> November, 16th. November, 16th. Yeah. November 16th, 2023. Remember, I said it here. Right. On this date, if Biden runs against Trump, and if Biden beats Trump, as I think what the conspiracy theorist will say, <laughs> Donald Trump was on the ropes, and then the Democrats knew they were in trouble, so they started indicting him. And with every indictment, <laughs> Donald Trump's approval rating in the Republican Party went up. Right. And he's now, the latest I saw is he's at 85% when he was down to 55, 60% before the indictment started coming in. That can be your conspiracy theory if you want, but how screwed up to belong to a party that actually rewards a guy for being indicted for stealing nuclear secrets and stealing elections. But, you know, Republicans have a base problem. Their base controls their party. Right. right? And so that's why Donald Trump is going to be their nominee. And I'm thinking about with this off-off-year election and all of the things that they ran on that were losers besides abortion. Book bans. Right. Anti-woke. Gas stoves. What do you I, say? The trans trans panic. Trans panic. Trans panic. Trans panic. Right? That your that that your kids are all going to become trans by reading by, books. By, by the way, my, my 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 favorite my favorite illustration of how crazy that is is they had this huge fight in Utah. Right. It was like, oh my God, these trans athletes are right. taking over all the women's sports. It's the worst thing in the world. And the governor said, um, we have. Four students, yeah. four yeah. in the entire state of Utah. Yeah. Can we can we try to figure this out and do it with compassion? Yeah. The only problem is he then backtracked, the governor of Utah did, and they enacted a ban. That doesn't mean that, like, guys that transition in, 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 into being women post-puberty uh, should compete against them. Right. But we have four students. 
let's not have a civil war over four students. But that's the trans panic. Yeah. And they thought that was going to work. Didn't work. Like taking freedom away from women didn't work. Stealing elections, denying didn't. This, you're right. It is a base. Like Democrats. Right. What do they do with their base? Yeah. We'll get back to it in a couple yeah. of weeks. I mean, but right. the Republican base is running the show. They run the show. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, the. Yeah, hold on, because the sound effect there was Joe pretending to honk on a doobie. Because, you know, that's what the Democrats do. They just sit around and smoke weed and listen to Pink Floyd or something. Whoops, probably not listen to Pink Floyd. That album was released in 1973. Somewhere out there, there's a Gen Z going, Pink who? I got to do better. Book bans, Moms for Liberty had a really bad night. I mean, all of this stuff is because Republicans cannot control their base. Their base now runs the show. And so you have these crazy ideas being shopped and Republicans are losing on these ideas. And quite frankly, they should. They're morally reprehensible. Yeah. And the government, you know, it's overreach. People don't want the government in their bedroom and in their schools. And in the- I mean, they want them. In- and yet, and yet, <laughs> there's actually an outfit called Moms for Liberty yes. who support freedom Sit, being Sit. taken away yeah. from their daughters. Yeah. I think there should be an outfit called Dads for Freedom that says to the government, you know what? We'll take care of our daughter. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, w- w- her mother and I will make the decision with our daughter, with healthcare specialists, with like, get out of our lives. And yet moms for liberty? Seriously? Worried about what? Roberto Clemente books? And you see and you see doctors. Don't forget I mean, the, the seahorses, Joe. Is that you're undermining doctors, right? You have doctors leaving red states right. because they can't practice medicine. Where there already are not enough OBGYN right. providers in rural communities. Uh, so the saying goes, Democrats hate their base. Republicans fear their base. Yeah. And that's really playing out right now. Yeah. And you see, I mean, not the Democrats hating their base as much. I'm not no, but it's, what? That's, that's just, the, you know, that's just kind of, that's yeah. the political, you know, people have been saying it a long yeah. time. Uh, but if you look at those New Hampshire polls and just how Nikki Haley would crush Donald, she would crush Joe Biden. If the Republican Party actually had a political apparatus that you know, did some party control and actually was and would strong arm. But instead, you have a political party that each person, top leadership, wants to keep their power well, and, I was, and not be transplanted by Trump. Yeah, I will say also, Willie, and I, I, I've noticed this since Joe Biden's been president. I'll say it again. The progressives have been extraordinarily patient. Yep. They've been the opposite of the right wing extremists. Hi, Joe. They've actually kept progressives have kept the bigger goal in mind we need to win elections we need to have joe biden continue to uh, appoint federal judges we need to win governors i mean they have progressives have done the opposite of what the extremes in the republican party have done and it shows because of that because of progressives working with moderates they just keep winning elections you know, I, I hate to point this out, but it, it, this is also true. And he seems kind of amazed with that by what he's saying. But, you know, Joe, buddy, 
the liberals and progressives have been right about just about damn near everything for more than a couple of decades now. While while uh, the rest of America was heaping dead burnt bodies and hopping around with veins in their teeth hollering, I want to kill! It is, after all, getting near Thanksgiving. We said, y'all, this Iraq thing is going to be dumb, stupid, bloody, expensive, unethical, immoral, and illegal. And it was! Son of a gun, it was! Uh, we've been right about health care. We've been right about personal freedoms. You know, not making the government not not making the government so small that it can fit in a woman's uterus. If 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 if, if one could be forgiven for thinking that maybe the future of this country might just be progressive. And that such a future would actually, contrary to the ravings of Chip Roy of Herpes Holler, Texas, that the expansion of liberties and rights is not promising more and giving less. That maybe democracy isn't a zero-sum game where if pasty-faced, doughy old white dudes like Chip Roy and and, and uh, 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 Clay Higgins find themselves butt hurt because of marriage equality or people be able, being able to live their own lives the way they see fit or having diversity and equity and inclusion in government, that it doesn't really take anything away from them. And that America does become a better, kinder, more compassionate place. I know. Crazy talk, ain't it? But thanks, everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. We sure do need more. Thank you so much to our a la carte contributors. Thank you, Joan. Thank you so very much for matching Ralph's challenge and getting us fully funded for Thursday and $100 funded for last Friday. Joan, I cannot thank you enough. Thank you to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in this little program in whatever manner you so choose. It's a little program, but it says big things. Thank you to uh, our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on live. Remember, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Help others find out about the program. And this isn't a social club. This is an attempt to bring people into dialogue and discussion who wish to engage in it in goodwill. Leave a comment for the algorithms. Tell your friends and neighbors. Help them be part of the community. 
Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Get your RSV vaccine. Wear your mask if you're around groups of greater than five, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And especially if you're around maggots. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And you know, if somebody comes toward you and says, You're on the Department of Homeland Security. You need to talk you need to talk to your boss. You too can look at Sporkfoot and say, Ma'am, I'm not in the Department of Homeland Security. Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. And then avoid Sporkfoot like the plague, because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later. <laughs>